While the vaccines provide strong protection for the vaccinated, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We can get there with vaccines. We can end this thing. But many people are still hesitant to get that jab. Defiance, defiance against vaccines and get the jab or risk losing your job. That's the ultimatum facing. The 1.2 million Victorians that cannot work from home. What do you think will be the new rule to require vaccination or for NHS enact those vaccine mandates. I really feel like that is the last tool that we can use. You're not hazardous, go on. So I have COVID at some point. Yeah. Uh, I've got antibodies. There are no data that prove that vaccine immunity is superior to natural immunity. I do not want to have vaccination. But in fact, there are much uh, data to the contrary. The science isn't strong enough. Literally millions of Americans who are COVID recovered. We take the very best advice that we can. Very solid evidence is demonstrating that these folks are equally, if not better, protected from subsequent infection. From the the people that are vaccine experts. Yesterday, Twitter deplatformed Dr. Robert Malone in yet another long line of scientists, doctors and experts who've been silenced during this pandemic. If you make the judgment to not get vaccinated, and you reckon you can wait out us or the publican or whoever you want to think you're waiting out, you won't wait out the virus. Uh, Having received two doses, it's a very effective vaccine. They do say that. (laughs) That hasn't proven to me to be true. They are literally in a fantasy world. Getting that third dose is protection against getting infected in the first place. Despite two, three, four doses of the vaccine, uh, it's not so good at preventing infection in the first place. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccine. They have one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. Studies show that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses of COVID-19 vaccine was lower than that among the unvaccinated. Australia this morning, the country now the world leader per capita when it comes to COVID-19 infections. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. I might just have the longest show possible for you today. I really don't want that to be the case, to be completely honest about it. I floated the idea that it might be six hours today on AM Wake Up, but that's not what I want it to be. But this may be the most information I've jammed in. And that's why I titled the way I did today. Now, the last time I did title it this way, due to other reasons, I think it was because of my charger, I wasn't able to get to everything I had. Today, I'm going to, unless I just feel like I'm getting tired or something changes. My plan is to go through three different main categories today. COVID-19, U.S. foreign policy, which we're going to start with, and the Great Reset. Now, that includes pretty much everything you could imagine under the surface to little bits here and there but a lot of this stuff most of you i would argue if you're part of this t live community you've probably seen most of this because you're attuned to these things going on in the world and usually i'm more you know one to two days kind of collecting this is going to be stuff that i've had kind of off to the side like for instance 
we're going to get into the the uh, the Russian soldiers being shot and how even the New York Times is now coming out and saying, yes, it looks like that's what happened. I've had that sitting on the back burner for a week now, like because the first time I saw it posted on Twitter. And so it's interesting. So it's just interesting how there's a lot of these things that we could have talked about, but there's so much going on, you know, and it's a, it, but it's important to see this stuff. So I want to go through all of it, lay it out there. And now that I'm, I want to make a point before I get started about how people keep, I keep seeing comments, not that I'm letting, letting the trolls and the naysayers get to me ultimately, but that it just, I see it kind of a recurring comment about how, oh, look at it's mostly Twitter posts or so on. I hope everybody realizes that whether or not it's a Twitter link on the, or it's all Twitter birds on the top of the, 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 the tabs that I have open that does the, it's, it, as if I take it from Twitter and just report what Twitter says, I am aggressively researching literally everything we talk about. The only reason it ends up being the Twitter tab is because that's just where I saw it first. And that's what I always do. And I've told you guys that many, many times could be some random person I've ever heard of before, but I, I do my best to say that's where I saw it first. And a lot of this stuff does get, I, I make this comment often. I think Twitter, as we have a segment on today is one of the, it's a problematic situation that I think is driving us in the wrong direction right now. But nonetheless, it is right now, in my opinion, the best current real-time location for information, as long as you factor in that it could be 50% of it could be false or more, or any of it could be false, as long as you think like that, because that's you know what an intelligent person would do in any situation, whether Twitter or not. But realizing that it's impossible to, it's just so much great stuff coming in at once to break things down. They try to delete, try to censor, and so on. Now, Telegram is a great example of that, but it's a different format. The point being is I get a lot of this stuff through there. So you're going to see a lot of these tabs up from before and so on. But we're going to get into this today and try to go through most of this. And I'm going to jump right into it so we don't waste any more time. We're going to start with foreign policy. And I'm going to begin sort of where we left off, which I'm actually really baffled to see that this story, just like I left it, has not moved. Weird how right when it gets down to, oh, it's not the thing we screamed for 24 hours without evidence. Russia did it. Russia did it. Oh, it looks like it's kind of Ukraine might have a mistake. We're all going to give up and move forward. No, look over there, which is exactly what happened. So it's not a big deal that it was Ukraine's missile that did land. Even still, they're trying to muddy that conversation. So we're going to start there and we're going to go into a few other things, Iran and so on. And then we're going to go to COVID-19 and we're going to finish with the Great Reset. So let's start off with this discussion. Now, I want, I want to just again point out, we just talked about this. This was on the 16th. Ukraine, Poland, false flag falls apart in real time as mainstream media toes the line. Here's what we can prove. Now, I put that out before. That was generally the focus of the independent media and everybody else about the false flag discussion. Not because I was guessing, but because it was very obvious right in the beginning, based on provable information, one of which was the S-300, which that's the point. And that's all that people were acting like that was fake news when we first discussed it. Right? This is usually how this goes, because the trolls and talking you know the people that don't want to realize what's going on will usually push back on it but this was an important conversation all the information included and then we followed that up with the poland lie exposed the propaganda pipeline and israel sent secret strategic materials to ukraine now this was on the 18th now at this point they'd all tried to reel and change and all and the point was it exposed which is this image here oh by the way i saw richard willett from iconic is going to be doing a, a kind of a breakdown on this focus. I guess he gave, he gave me a shout out for him seeing it on this platform, but it, this is a really important little breakdown to understand. Unfortunately, it clips the thing up there that says the propaganda multiplier, but it just shows you how the media works, how it's really much more centralized and focused and cho a choke point than we realize most people realize. And the point was that they it got exposed in real time. 
Associated Press came right out early and Russia did this because U.S. said, is that what journalists are supposed to do? Blindly, without anything else than other than their word, report what the establishment says, what the me, what the government said. Their very stated purpose is to speak truth to power. They love to say that. Clearly, that's not in practice. They don't care about that, obviously. And the point was it exposed how this pipeline works from central intelligence to right down to you. And the point is they unquestioningly parroted that while acting like they're pushing back. So I wanted to start with where we are from this. I'm really actually blown away that this has seemingly not moved an inch, as far as I can tell, since they basically quietly admitted that it was actually Zelensky, it was actually a Ukraine missile, and but still Russia's fault because, you know, bad guy. So we'll move forward. Even though at that point, Zelensky was still screaming that they're wrong. It was Russia. It was not an accident. Russia bombed Poland still. And then now apparently they're, they're being denied access to the site, which a lot of this speaks volumes. You know, we had we'd all guess at it. I can't tell you what that means exactly. I can tell you what I think it means because we're honest about that. But it seems pretty clear that there's a, a little bit of a schism between them now. And I, I hold to what I think happened. I think Zelensky tried to push the hand. And it bit him instead. Bad, bad analogy right there. But the point ultimately is he tried to force the hand of the people that are controlling everything, in my opinion, if I'm guessing at this, and they didn't want to walk that line. Now, that's my guess, but it seems pretty interesting that he got caught in a lie, along with the rest of the corporate media that unquestionably parroted what he said, even though he's been caught lying over and over because they don't care about the truth. That's their job to pipeline that out to you. Now, this is a fact check by Newsweek posted on MSN, did missile hit Poland instead of Kiev after coordinates typo? Now, this is really interesting. They do an entire fact check on something that's completely unverifiable, on something that is simply an, a secondary argument that's already been proven to be false. I'm that's literally not making that up. They've already proven based on evidence on the ground, despite them saying the opposite here, you know, the S-300 and the serial number, but that's not F enough to prove, apparently, according to the fact check. They simply ask about, well, well it could, could it have been a coordinate typo from Russia, meaning to bomb Kiev and accidentally bombing Poland? It's been a narrative that's been spun out because apparently there's some similarities between the coordinates. Not even really that, I mean, a part of it is close. <laughs> and that's what they fact check. How about you fact check whether Zelensky knows he's lying? How about you fact check why all of the media, I mean, the point is they don't care. Fact checks are opinion checks. They're trying to force in a narrative, or at the very least, muddy the conversation. So we still go, oh, well, is it still on the table that Russia might have done that? You know, title skimmers and all. The U.S. and Ukraine were at odds over a missile strike that killed two people in Poland, with Kiev initially claiming the explosion was caused by Russia, despite NATO's assertion it was an accident. Ukraine's President Zelensky said at a press conference he had no doubt that it was not our missile. Amid the confusion and finger-pointing, however, posts have appeared on social media which allege that the cause of the attack may have been a typing error by artillery targeting coordinators. Right, so a post on social media that works in the, agenda, the, the direction of the narrative for them, they're fact-checking and they don't even figure out what the actual point was. What's the point of this article, ask yourself? They came to the conclusion right out of the gate that it's a random post with nothing to back it up, and we can't even prove whether or not it's true. So let's break down an entire article deciding whether or not we can tell you we can't figure this out. And then ignore all the other important parts of this, which I promise you, this is my opinion, but I, this is about controlling the narrative or rather trying to drive it into the ground. The number of social media posts from November 16th, 18th suggests that the map coordinates of this village in Poland 
where a missile hit have the same longitude as Kiev and, and latitude of Kiev and, and Liev and leave. Excuse me. So, okay, so are they? Are we supposed to pretend that they put in the coordinates of Kiev, accidentally put in part of it for Liev, and then accidentally put all of it towards? Like that's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. Unless, I mean. It's a stretch. And then you realize there's no evidence for it. So they're making up an entire narrative based on posts on social media. And this is what they claim we do. However, the conclusion derived from the observation appears to be entirely speculative. Great. So why did you do this entire thing then? Seeing as how it's already been proven the missile was not from Russia. It's true that Russia targeted Ukrainian cities, including Kiev and Liev. Well, that's not true, though, you see, because Russia's denied bombing Kiev. They've clearly claimed the bombing of the infrastructure in in the area, I would argue, on the eastern side of the country. But they dispute whether they bombed Kiev. And I I agree that it doesn't make any strategic sense to bomb Kiev at all. Unless they were specifically trying to target infrastructure in Kiev. And that would be an argument that would connect. But the point is they haven't proven this. They have continue to dispute it, and they haven't put up any evidence. And the point was the entire narrative in the beginning, you know, the lie that's now caught as a lie, hinged on the fact that he did bomb Kiev, and that's why it went to Poland when they tried to pretend it was a Russian accident. I mean, all these things were floated out in a really short period of time trying to make sense of the lie they got caught in. My point is, they're just stating that when that hasn't been proven, and hypothetically could have mistakenly targeted the barrage. So we're still, when we're throwing out hypothetical narratives based on something after it's already been proven, my God, this is ridiculous. A Reuters report from March citing U.S. officials suggested that Russia has suffered failure rates of up to 60%. And some of its more recent attacks were described by CNN as a hit and miss missile blitz. Oh, great. So U.S. propaganda and one of the worst outlets on the planet are saying, yeah, Russia fails all the time. You know, sort of like how they're supposed to run out of ammunition every day since we, that hasn't happened. Or how we know what Putin thinks and feels or how we've been wrong about almost everything in this war. But let's trust them now. Because we want to make sense of a narrative that's already been proven to be false. Good times. However, even a Russian, as Russia appears to have a track record of faulty missile navigation. Okay, so we've stated what they said, and now we've established that as a fact and move forward on the article one paragraph later. Even though what we just said hasn't been proven, we're going to state it as a fact. There is little evidence to suggest that this is the case in Poland. So why are you even writing this? While the investigation into the strike continues, the current consensus appears to be that it was not a Russian missile. That's because it's been proven. As Polish president and other officials have said, the explosion was likely an accident resulting from a Ukraine air defense missile being used against Russian rockets. But somehow make that Russia's fault. Because, you know, bad guy. And I said before, based on that logic, anything the U.S. government does around the world, you could blame. Like, here's the interesting part about this. There is fault here for Russia because they are involved and they did push in. However, you can understand that this is not just this didn't begin on February 25th. The reality of this has been an ethnic cleansing war on the Donbass region for a decade. And that's what they're fighting to stop. That's all pretty clear. Regardless of that, there is fault still to a degree. But see, they say that put it all on Russia and ignore the fact that that then that logic, you can blame the U.S. government for literally everything they're doing. Why? Because it is their fault. They're occupying countries. They're destroying resources. And the point is when they fire and they call them terrorists. But in this case, it's the other way around. I mean, it's just ridiculous the way that this it's hypocritical across the board. Rampant lawlessness. NATO secretary general has echoed this sentiment. So they're all agreeing it was Russia or rather, or rather, excuse me, a Ukrainian missile that they fired at a Russian rocket, which, again, I still think is up for debate, especially. Well, look, let's put it this way. I really recommend you watch the other part of this. 
the other shows we did. And even Scott Ritter points out the same thing. I mean, this is basic, basic geography, right? The only way that they could have done this and aimed in the wrong direction towards Poland is by choice. Or, I mean, a next level, like can't tie your own shoes kind of incompetence, which I don't even think is possible in the sense for someone to use a radar system. But the point ultimately is that this was a, you can prove that this was not aimed at something to shoot Russia down, a Russia missile down. This was either a choice to bomb Poland and make it look like it was Russia, blame it entirely on Russia, which is what they tried to do, or they actually did wait for a, a, a Russian missile and then did so and acted like they were trying to shoot it down. But the whole argument from the beginning was it was Russia that did it, nothing else. We didn't fire. He said it wasn't even our missile. But all that's been proven to be lies. But let me be clear. This is not Ukraine's fault. They say Russia bears ultimate responsibility as it continues as a legal war. You know, like the illegal war in Syria or Iraq or Afghanistan or all the other. Oh, oh, not those ones, though. Got it. Just this one. Newsweek was unable to find any other evidence to support the theory. On social media, while a partial match of coordinates does seem to be a surprising coincidence in the absence of proof, or rather evidence, it remains just that, a coincidence. So 45 paragraphs later, good thing they did this great work for us, right? Whatever may have caused the missile strike, there is not at present, get this, enough publicly available evidence to determine that the strike was the result of a a topographical error, nor that Russia was behind it. So the way they're trying to state that is to act like we still don't know what happened, but that's not what that says. At the moment, there's not enough publicly available evidence to determine if it was this specific error and that Russia was behind it. But we already know for a fact that it was an S-300 with the serial number that came from a Ukraine-fired device. You know, you just don't get to hear that on the corporate channels, any of them. The investigation into the incident is ongoing with reports from the local media indicating that Ukrainian authorities and experts will not be allowed to take part. That's very telling. Acting like that's what we always do, right? except that's never what they do. Saudi Arabia, we invested ourselves, we investigated ourselves, and we found ourselves not guilty. The U.S. government, we investigated ourselves, and we found ourselves not guilty. Ukraine, you can't come in because that's not practice. Interesting, isn't it? I think it's more because they're very aware what Ukraine's trying to do. They know they tried to push their hand. They're not happy about it, my opinion. So they're going, look, we're not going to let you keep playing this game. Stop. Just admit your fault and stop. Like, that's what they, it's very clear they're being chastised here. In my opinion, the ruling, as if we need it, unverified. <laughs> what a waste of time. Now, not, not the reading. I think it's important to make a point about what they're trying to do here. But that's what they put out. Where's the information about Zelensky and whether or not there was knowledge? Or I mean, the, the basic breakdown of geography that proves that couldn't have been an accident. But nope, just this. And here's what it leads to. Guess what? So we're, we're past the story. Whatever Zelensky thing, oh, it's old news, right? Conspiracy theory, even though it's fact. But now we just move to the next part. Poland accepts German's Patriot offer after fatal missile strike that was Zelensky. But who cares, though, right? That'll drift into the background. Bad guy Russia, more missiles, more defense because NATO's in danger. They're still floating on the threat, even though it wasn't Russia. Poland sees placing German Patriot missile launchers near the Ukraine border. Look at that. Well, shouldn't it? I mean, is that because of Ukraine or is that you see my it's very interesting how this is building and it just it doesn't it's interesting, but it shows you more bellicose kind of belligerent foreign policy against Russia. Ultimately, Now, don't forget before we move on to the next part, what the Ukrainian government was saying. Just like Zelensky, which we all saw. But this was another official from the, the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Russia now promotes this is on the 15th. A conspiracy theory that it was allegedly a missile of Ukrainian air defense, which we now know it was, that fell on Polish territory, which is not true, he says. 
So either he doesn't know and he just speaks like he knows, or he's lying to you. No one should buy Russian propaganda or amplify its messages, which is the point to take here is either they knowingly do this to hide what they don't want you to see, or no matter what, it's reflexively Russia did it. Well, U.S. does the same thing. This lesson should have been learned a long time ago by, yeah, the other faults, the other lie of the MH17 flight. The point here, guys, is they will lie their teeth off like they already have been caught for doing because this is the game. It's, I mean, everywhere, everything. I'm watching Kathy Holchel talk about right-wing terrorism, and it makes me want to vomit because of how obviously, one, she's reading, two, it's not, it's nothing you can tell that she doesn't feel what she's saying other than I'm going to use this for political benefit and just tow the narrative of, you know, bad guy, right-wing, white supremacy, terrorism, blah, 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 and it's just nothing to do with the reality. These people are lying to you everywhere you look, guys. It's everywhere. Here's Zelensky, who, by the way, was talking with, Prime Minister Sanuk and Justin Trudeau of Canada on the 16th. Remember what they were saying? Oh, I know how hard this was for you. I know this was tough, like a couple of schoolgirls on the phone with Zelensky, which, by the way, they've deleted. (laughs) The tweet that went out with the show, that's gone. They deleted it. Why would they do that? Maybe because the story shifted so quickly that it looked really dumb for them to be going, hey, I know that was tough for you to fire a missile at Poland by accident. Well, so what was tough about that? What was tough was they were pretending that Russia was doing something and blaming them. Right. This is crazy. The aggression of the Russian Federation. They were all lying to you. So factor that in as we look at the next part of this story. Ukraine, remember, bans U.S. and U.K. media from Kherson. And this is why. We'll show you because now even the New York Times is forced to point this out. Now, what I referenced before, the Ukrainian military says it has removed the accreditation of several foreign local journalists for reporting without permission (laughs) because free speech, you know, they're claiming like it's a war zone and you're not because we haven't cleared things out, I guess. Now, look, I understand that in certain situations, like let's say with mines, where there's certain things like this that might happen, but that's not what's going on here. This is straight up going, you can't come in until we allow you to. And that's not how this works in any other war zone. These people are, and and you know why? Because they got caught. And here's where we showed this on the show. This is what they didn't want people to see. This is CNN celebrating free cursing. Oh, you know, and and Hitler salutes, you know, waving flags and hiling Hitler, you know, no big deal, right? And this, this happened. And then they were like, oh, you can't be here anymore. And you're bad. You did. You broke the rules. It's so damn obvious what's going on. Then ask yourself why CNN is either this stupid or why they're willing to do this. I mean, check, check this out. I, <laughs> I mean, guys, everybody sees this. This is what I'm trying to show everybody. The two-party paradigm is now the minority here is what I actually am starting to think. I mean, or, you know, you could look at it both one of two ways. I think that's part of it. But really, people are seeing through all of this everywhere the vaccine the injection the the ukrainian story it's just falling apart right in front of them and and they look at that did you see it look at that i love when that happens we just watch that in real time thanks elon musk we'll get to that part next ukrainian nazis just disappeared right in front of us that's not supposed to happen like at the very least you're supposed to refresh it and then it updates with what might have changed but that was instantaneous right there somebody Crop that, catch that. That was on Love's Live. It's just so ridiculous how obvious it is that they're changing the trending information, just like before Elon took over. Anyway, the point was they kicked them out. Now, you know you know why? Because there's plenty going on there, just like it ha- did in Bucha, just like it did anywhere else we've seen them lie about. And I'll show you right now. First of all, before we get to that, don't forget that this was 
somebody who was cheering it on saying, yay, glad it's free now. No bad guy Russians here. Except it turned out he's been identified as poured in Nikolevich, which is from he's from Kiev, a company commander of the National Guard or the Azov movement. These, I mean, this is how ridiculous this has gotten. This is an ex-foreign desk writer for the Irish press. The point is, this is everywhere. These people are lying to you. CNN's done this before at, at the United, in the United States. Now here, AZ, AZ Geopolitics points this out on the 18th. That, that, that's when I saw this on the 18th. Now, it, it should I wish I would have gotten it out earlier because it, this, is, this is an important story. But what you're going to watch here, by the way, graphic warning for, the, for those with family watching and so on. It's not as seriously graphic as some, but it is pretty graphic. Now the point is, this is these are Russian soldiers. Well, here, let me show you this first, actually. You can tell by what they're wearing. As I showed you this before, issue, Ukraine issues warning to citizens, beware those wearing red. Be suspicious, because that's the point. They're saying those are Russians. And then there's another article talking about Russians mostly wear red or white. We, and we know most of this. Ukraine's yellow and, 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 and now blue, actually. I believe they're going, they're changing because they're trying to get away from people using the colors they're not supposed to, whatever they claim their narrative was. I saw them writing about it. But they're using yellow and blue now, for like the flag. And then red and white for Russia. And this is pretty clear. So the point is, you can see the Russians wearing red. God, I don't, I can't stand how people put their song behind this. I mean, why would you put this song about COVID-19 behind this? I'm sorry. It just, ah, it drives me crazy. I guess it was MASH that did it. I mean, how, it's just disgusting. Like, what music is not right for this video. Let's put it that way. But I want you to hear the shots and stuff. Okay, so that's a Russian soldier coming out. They, they're in there. After after they took Kirsten City back, prepare yourself. Oh, actually, this—I don't think this is the one I'm thinking of, but it, I have a few of these lined up. It's the same. You can see the same blue thing on their back. These are the same soldiers with the red on their arms. This, and I can show you more of this in a second. These are a couple of these different videos people made. But you can see the blue right there. See on his back. Here's the next one. Another site of prisoner execution. And see here, this is unblurred. So again, graphic guys. This is the one we just looked at. The blood flow from the. Oh, it doesn't. That's their opinion. But you can just see for yourself. Okay, these are all dead Russian soldiers and other civilians that were there at the time. There's really no denying this. And you'll see why as we go further. Now, here's another. This is uh, committed by Ukraine troops. Same thing. And, and, oh, and just to be clear, guys, for those that don't know. Oh, look. There, well, no, that's. Let's see if I refresh it, if that's there. Somebody's pointing out it's right there. But let's see. Well, there it is again. Yeah, I mean, who knows? You know what it could be? Like, I, I didn't try. I wasn't assuming what it was necessarily. I do think personally that it is removing these. I mean, I don't I mean, personally, I don't know how that what else it really could be. But I've seen a lot of glitchiness on Twitter for the last couple of days, like really bad. Random tweets just re- back and forth between not available and available. I mean, it's just really strange what's going on. And I don't know if that's censorship or if it's just things going wrong. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, and the point was that this is this is a war crime, right? POWs, prisoners of war. Now, what the, this you know. And by the way, get ready 
for the the sycophants on Twitter to defend why, you know, well, it is a crime, but these guys are doing bad. So get ready for that disgusting thing if it's not already out there. Right. So it's OK that they break the rules because they're bad guys. Oh, so then there's nothing sacred, apparently, that it's OK to do evil to stop evil. Well, yeah. Good times. Think about it. I mean, that's the kind of backward, ridiculous thinking that allows tyrants to rise, just like we're seeing now. But this is disgusting, and it's a war crime, and nobody's going to hold them accountable in our government. And and by the way, I I have no doubt that this that Russian soldiers aren't that are, Russian soldiers are capable of this too. But I haven't seen any definitive evidence of this actually happening like this. I've seen statements from Ukraine military. Now watch this person get shot with the red on. Shooting him in the legs, which, by the way, was already dispute. Like, that's fake news they're doing that, remember? Or when they first saw people taped to, po- to lampposts, and they said, no, that's fake or old. It's not. It keeps happening, and I'll have more evidence of it soon, er- coming up in the, in the segment. It's everywhere. So if it was fake, why do we keep finding evidence of it? Now the New York Times is writing about it. So all the people screaming that it was fake either didn't care, didn't know, or have a reason to lie to you. I mean, this is just straight-up torture, guys. These are evil people. And the only and the reasoning because they're Russian. That's it. Hassan, Hassan Mafi points out the New York Times says the videos that show the execution of Russian POWs by Ukrainian soldiers, funded, trained, and armed by the U.S. and NATO, are authentic. Or rather, they say videos suggest captive Russian soldiers were killed at close range. Well, but no, but the, the actual the article does just very clearly seem to point out that these things are genuine, but that they're suggesting that the where they were shot essentially. Well, here here's the article itself. Read it for yourself. Videos suggest captive Russian soldiers were killed at close range. A series of videos that surfaced on social media last week has ignited a debate. That's interesting. A series of videos that surfaced on social media last week have ignited a debate. Really, New York Times? My God, am I wrong? <laughs> uh, over whether U- Ukrainian forces committed war crimes or acted in self-defense. I mean, really? Okay, so either way you look at it, what they're basically saying is we know this is real, but maybe they were defending themselves. How disgusting these people are. Yes, you can see it. It's it's just it's you know, I'm using the the uh this application so I can actually look at it when it's blo- paywalled like this, see. But my god, but he's right. So it, this is coming out. Here's another video. This is again from the uh ex-foreign desk editor for Irish Press. Ukrainian soldiers are again executing several surrendered Russian soldiers. Different video, but there are no Nazis in Ukraine, according to NATO, who actually trained them. That's what he was saying. Here's the video. Graphic warning, guys. Red bands, shooting them in the back. Like, there's no denying this anymore. You know, they're going to try to pretend, like the first inclination of people who don't want to realize is, oh, Russia faked it. That's fake. It's a fake. What's not, though? And you can keep proving this. It's horrifying. You, if you support what's going on over there, then you're funding this. You're supporting this. Or rather, we're being stolen from to fund this right now. These people. And you could argue it's, a, it's just a few bad apples. They'll always try to take that next once this gets proven even further. But it's not, though. And we've proven that. This is horrific stuff going on being funded by your governments. Wyatt Reed, also there, also proving all of this. Look at the terror on display as this supposed Russian collaborator. So not a Russian soldier. A civilian trembles with fear after being stuffed in a coffin, and you'll understand why so many people in the Donbass are willing to lie down, lay down their lives to stop this. 
What they're saying is orc in an ori in original package. Now, orc is the derogatory term for anybody Russian side. This is disgusting. You know, like the like the innocent civilian blogger that was assassinated in his car that they said, yeah, that's good. We're going to do more of that. On the record, played it all for you on this show, directly from one of their news broadcasts on corporate media in Ukraine. Look at this. This average guy. What, getting buried alive? I mean, God only knows what they're doing to this person. Doesn't matter if that's all they're doing. That's a crime. These people are abusing and torturing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just like the Atlantic Council and other outlets said they were doing to prisoners before 2020. I mean, this article, I think, was written in 2017, 18. I, I, the bottom line was same government, same Azov movement. And they were writing about how they were murdering LGBTQ people, how they were raping and pillaging, how they were espousing Nazi ideology. And then all of a sudden, just on a dime, it's all fake news. They really overplayed their hand here, guys. This is horrific. And, and they're funding these people because they built them. Now, here's a great video before showing before this. Now, this is the point. It's not all Ukrainians. But yes, these these extremists with endless resources coming from the Western governments pretending to fight the same thing have influenced a lot of the young generations, just like we see in the Israeli government doing so with their Zionist mentality, pretending it's all about Judaism. Within the, the Orthodox Jews in Israel, a lot of these organizations pointing out that that's not what they're that they're using Judaism the same way we see here. They're using the idea of Ukraine. And pretending like they're all the point is I, you could argue that some of these people actually believe that what they're doing is for Ukraine. Either way, the point is that it's not what most Ukrainians before this wanted. Most a lot of the people that care this is bad had fled to places that we talked about, like Donbass or Crimea, the places where they were not being persecuted unless they were being attacked from outside. But this is how they influence the generations, just like that happens in this country. I was just thinking about this today, actually. That, right, we've had a lot of wins in this, despite how they keep going with the narrative flow and breaking down their illusions. But the problem is, let's just take Ukraine or COVID 19 or any of these things that once you pump out a few more generations from their Prussian based school indoctrination system, which is literally what it is, by the way, if you look up the Prussian based system, that's what our schools are based on. It's meant to produce obedient workers. I'm not making this up. Corbett's talked about this. The bottom line is, you're going to produce another generation that has been indoctrinated to think that we're all crazy and that you're wrong and these things are safe and we have to battle it all over again. It's, just, it's like this hamster wheel. So this is the problem. Is this is the same thing that's happening to these young Ukrainians and has been for 10 plus years or way more than that, in fact. It says it's, it, it uh, shows how Ukrainian youth has been prepared over 10 years to hate and kill Russians or anybody speaking Russian, despite the fact that they literally pretend that they're fighting for those people. Hang the Muscovites, Russians. No, note all the uh, not tiki torches, but, you know, real torches that the Rise Above movement was trying to emulate because that's the international arm of the Azov movement that was used to start the argument in this country of the white supremacy right MAGA argument. Vanilla ISIS is a PSYOP. Look it up on The Last American Vagabond. Children of Ukraine whose adults are teaching them to hate and prepare for war. <laughs> Put a Russian to the stake. 
That's insanely brutal. I don't understand how a child can utter that. Well, because they're being propagandized, right? I mean, the, Abby Martin has done amazing work in talking to people in Israel and Palestine, and the vitriol they spew about the Palestinians is overwhelming. That's why you just don't ever hear that. And that's why it's very locked down in regard to what gets out of Israel as opposed to what goes in. It's far more secured on the way out, which makes really no sense until you realize you're trying to control the flow of information about what's going on on the ground. Robert's pointing this out. This is disgusting stuff that's happening in Ukraine. They've been trained to think this way. Yet think about who's making this happen, who's funding this agenda, and then think about how gross it is when they stand up and act like they're fighting for freedom, equality, and non-racism. School in the city of Nikolaev. The cookies are named Zhirinovsky's brain. There are blue and yellow stars on the Kremlin and a drink called the blood of Russian babies. Oh my God. All prepared by children with full approval from teachers and parents. It's pure Nazism. A child is born and told Russians are your enemies. Right. I mean, you guys get the get the point. I mean, how how horrifying is that? That's what's happening all over the world being funded by your governments. Funding the worst of the worst. Ukraine war, FIFA and uh, UEFA ban Russia from competitions, as you guys probably saw. Now, again, I just can't even understand why this is the same kind of point we just saw to a much lesser degree. Why are they punishing Russian athletes? Have even at, does it matter whether or not they agree with Russia's government? I mean, same thing with Iran. In, in the same with the World Cup, the Ukraine saying replace them with us because Iran bad guy, and they're literally considering that, despite how Iran's team has fought and beaten and, and worked to get where they are. Ukraine's hasn't. Their athletes haven't. They're not even they're not involved. But you're just going to step in and take their place. And half the a lot of the people, as Robert points out, a lot of people on the Iranian team are outspoken against the Iranian government. But it doesn't matter because this is neg this is hate against people because of who they are and where they come from. The same people pretending like they're fighting for equality. It's horrific. If you're going to punish Russian athletes just because bad guy Russia, then it's very clear this is not about the Russian government or Putin. This is about hating Russia. And it's exactly what they're doing right now in Ukraine, and they have for decades. Can we not see that? I mean, it's just transparent as hell. EU Parliament upheld the proposal to, to of the Sweden Democrats to vote on the resolution on the recognition of Russia, the entire country, as a state sponsor of terrorism. I mean, why not? They said the same thing about Iran, about Syria. There's about any real evidence to back that up, and their narrative spinning over the top, despite what they're doing everywhere is quite literally, verifiably, provably funding terrorism that they then use to fight or pretend to and achieve their goals. But let's vote and make Russia a state sponsor of terrorism. And I'm not promoting or or defending any government. They're all capable of this. It's hypocrisy I'm pointing out. Here is the Charlie Weimer's member of European Parliament pointing out, grateful that the EU Parliament voted in favor of the proposal to hold a debate and adopt a resolution on the recognition of Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. I mean, it's just comical. The, they're mulling, declaring Russia a terrorist state over brutal and humane crimes against Ukraine. Right. You mean which one? You mean the Bucha debunk story or the Poland debunk story? Or maybe the Kramatorsk, uh, or rather Kramatorsk train station? I'm oh, forgetting how to pronounce that now. That, 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 that 
debunk story. Or, you know, or maybe the ghost of Kiev debunk. All these debunked narratives or raping children that was proven to be false. Which one are you talking about, guys? Maybe the ones that Ukraine's done in Donbass? No, those don't matter. It's disgusting. Now, here's just an example of one of these many different things that have been shown to be false. Remember this woman? Remember Mariana? Remember her? Round the world, her information went, just like Omron in the, in the back of that ambulance in Syria, despite the fact that that was proven to be false, that they lied about that, painted him up, or rather, you know, dressed him up, and his father told him they invited him in with food. That was a complete lie. That kid's face went around the world in Syria. That woman on CNN with the blonde hair cried on the air. It was a lie. So too were the uh, Abana, the one girl from Syria. All these stories have been proven to be CIA operate, or rather, just intelligence operations. Here's another example that you might not have known, have seen. This was a lie. They 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 edited her out of context and pretended like she agreed with what they were saying, and that's not even what actually happened. And that was one of the most important stories for them. It was a lie. This is Mariana Vishamersky. In March this year, she found herself at the center of a propaganda war between Russia and the West. This photo of her while pregnant at a maternity hospital in Mariupol went viral. Ukraine alleged that the hospital was hit by a Russian airstrike. These were the photos used to stir horror around the world at Russia's alleged actions. They asked me for an interview. I answered that I didn't want to be interviewed, but they explained that the photo with me was all over the world, so I had to give them some comments. But as I got to know later, isn't that crazy? So you had to give comments, right? Your voice is everywhere. So you have to comment on this. That sounds like something CNN would say. Just trumped up on all how their superiority. Like you have to comment. Don't you know that? And maybe that's not how it went. Maybe she said that. But either way, kind of rings true, doesn't it? They published only 30 seconds of that interview. They left only the piece where I was saying that there was an explosion and the windows fell out but they left out my words where I said there was no airstrike. Many Russians then accused her of being a staged actor. She wasn't. The photos were genuine, and she received abuse from the Russian side. But she is more critical of the journalists who she said misrepresented her. And to me, she voiced no criticism of the Russian army, instead only criticizing Ukraine. Mariana is from Makievka in Donbass. She lived there until 2019 under Ukrainian shelling. She's now moved back with her daughter, she is a Russian citizen. What's really interesting is, what, right, if there's no bombing, well, that kind of changes the entire story, doesn't it? But it's also interesting, right, because, of course, it's an airstrike, right, focused on that. But the interesting part of it is that the Russian side, and this is the problem with the, 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 the you know, any paradigm, like we're talking about people that are on a side of this argument. Right. Not Russia or it is Russia or not Ukraine or it is Ukraine. And nobody really cares about the facts, ultimately, when they're in that kind of. Environment. No, it doesn't matter. Right. Oh, if, if she's saying that, then she's a Russian actor or whatever. Right. Or the Russians. point. The point is that it's somewhere in the middle, as usual. I find that very, very telling. There are hardly any people left here waiting for Ukraine to return. There might have been more before. But as the civil population has been under constant shelling and been terrorized for almost nine years, my personal opinion is, if they consider these territories to be theirs, they can gather their army and try to conquer them. If they can't, well, so be it. 
Under shelling, there have been hardly any military objects hit. Instead, civilian infrastructure damaged schools and kindergartens. Mariana Stor- she- oh, look at that. And she's, she's talking about Ukraine, guys. She's saying they are bombing Donbass for eight years. They are hurting. They are bombing civilian territory. This is the person they put forward as the proof that Russia was the bad guy. I mean, just if this is all they can do, I mean, this is what I keep pointing out in these situations. If they're forced to if they're forced to resort to using somebody like her to sell their narrative, then they have nothing else. That doesn't mean Russia's not capable of stuff like that, but it means that they don't have evidence of it. So they're forced to lie to you. Otherwise, you know, they would be waving it around nonstop. It's pretty simple, I think. Oh, yes. and this was this is the Omran kid, the uh, child I was talking about in Syria. Reminiscent of the famous picture of Omran during the conflict in Syria. His photo was used to stir outrage in the West against the Syrian government. It turned out that his family were not against the Syrian... Eva Bartlett right there speaking to him, you know, like a real journalist. ...and government. As the propaganda war between East and West increasingly intensifies, the images of innocent civilians are being used to stir outrage. Pictures, as they say, speak a thousand words. It is likely only a matter of time before another such image goes viral that turns out to not be all as it seems. Jenny Malapest TV, Donbass. Crazy. Yeah, somebody asking, isn't this old image old news? Yeah, but that, that's why I was explaining in the beginning, guys. This is a lot of this stuff, it might be old, right? So just because you're ahead of this doesn't mean everybody else is. So right, so let's patch all this together and help share this to people that might need to see it. Right. So there's a lot of this stuff that might be, you know, funny we say old news, but we're talking like a couple of weeks old or so on, or maybe even older, right? But the point is I think this is important in the stream of information to understand. So this is one of the crux key our key narratives about what was going on, who was being, you know, the, how Russia was the bad guy. And it's rooted in a lie. It's pretty simple. Here's this. This is who was speaking on the other clip. This is Johnny Miller, British journalist in Donbass. <laughs> Apparently Iranian propaganda, right? It's just why? Because he says things you're not supposed to, right? Some mainstream media reporting on Ukraine bears little relation to reality. <laughs> Some, <laughs> He's being, I mean, I would say almost all of it, in my opinion. This report on Mariupol from a week ago is so bad, I'm sorry, but it needs to be called out. It's jaw-dropping the lies that they can get away with. I agree. It's actually quite incredible. It just shows you the illusion of all of this. I went to Mariupol yesterday to find out what it was really like. Here's his video. Looking at uh, images, uh, those drone images. Hold on. Let me know in the chat if you guys have any problems with the stream. It seems to be dropping out. I'm going to wait. Okay, it looks like it came back in. I was getting ready for the whole thing to come down. ...of Mariupol today, I mean, it is absolutely devastated. There isn't really a building that looks like it's it's standing. It's all just crumbled. Yes, I mean, the estimates are that 90% of the buildings that were destroyed were residential. So they were homes and they were apartment blocks. Um, Estimated. And who's the estimating? Oh, the people that have been caught lying and the governments that have an agenda. But yeah, let's let's trust their estimations because that's worked out well so far, right? What did they estimate about COVID again? Yeah, all their estimations. Or you mean their narrative setting is what she means. You know, their ability... Don't forget who was also involved in bombing this area and who was caught lying about things they did there and blamed on Russia. You know, all those things happened, but they won't mention that. All Mariupol is Russia bad guy. Building standing... So you can't say it was 100% decimation or flattening, but if you're someone who came from Mariupol, there's not much left of that city. Uh, your shops, your banks, your homes, um, you know, it's, it, you know it's, it's horrific. Are people still trying to leave the city? Are they free to get out? 
I have heard stories of people <laughs> um, getting out over the late summer. Um, yeah, I mean, who are these people? You've heard stories. See, the, the stream's coming in now. Let me know if you guys, if you stop hearing me, and I'll take a moment. Of course, I always say the same thing. If no reason this should even possibly be happening with direct connection and so on, business account. But you guys have all seen the evidence. I mean, we've literally seen people. I mean, even the, I think even the corporate media was talking about some of this, but they're still baffled at this point. The reality that Mariupol, there is an endless amount of video uh, evidence from not just Eva Bartlett, Vanessa Bealy, Wyatt, uh, son of a gun. I don't know why I always forget his last name. Hold on. I just, it was right here. I just feel bad because I, I really respect his work. Wyatt Reed and Patrick Lancaster and so on, right? That are there. It's more than that. There's plenty of other independent journalists that have seen you know, all the reports of people coming out of Mariupol saying we were forced to stay in the basements there and told the Russians were killing everybody. And we came out and that's not what happened. We were raped and stolen from. And there was endless amounts of this, of the Azov movement walking around town drunk and beating people up. And all, and this is in Mariupol. The play, this was one of the big, and again, don't forget where Mariana, well, that was the Mariupol conversation. They had to lie about what happened to her. This is the reality. And this is all they can spin is the, I've seen stories and I've heard and estimations say great journalism. A lot of people have gone to Russia because that that's obviously one way to get to places that aren't as devastated as Mariupol. But maybe... Anyway, I mean, anyway, I'm just I'm forgetting that we have a long show to do today, so I'm going to try to, you know, not to too much time on individual things, if I can remember. But don't... After all this we're talking about, guys, U.S. funding for war in Ukraine in nine months. This is November 16th. March, $13.6 And this is not all of it, by the way. This is just the publicly stated, directly funding for war for Ukraine. There's a hell of a lot more going from this country on top of other countries around the world. March, $13.6 billion. May, $40 billion. November, $37.7 billion. That's $91 billion. That $91 billion is 33% more than Russia's total military spending for the year. Let that sink in, guys, and let's ask ourselves why it makes sense, because we're watching a money laundering operation, and God knows what else. It's double the U.S.'s average annual expenditure for, the, for their own war in Afghanistan, but they're willing to steal from you. Well, you can't feed your family and do so for other reasons, and I mean, it's just not, this, people should literally be marching through the streets because of this. I mean, it's not, it's no, if, if they would have stood up and told you this is what we're going to do hurt your life and make you struggle because they're defending freedom, even though it's literally not what's happening, people would have said, hell no. I'm not talking about the screaming woke virtue signalers on Twitter. I'm talking about the majority of this country that very clearly does not agree with what's happening. They don't care. But guess what? On top of all of that, Secretary Yellen, the U.S. Treasury, just said $4.5 billion more in budget support for Ukraine. Why? Because they seemingly can't tie their shoes without the funding of the U.S. government. Disimbursement of aid will begin in the coming weeks. I'm not even making this up. This is happening right now. Maybe they lost some of the money from the old FTX thing. and Maybe they're funneling it in somewhere else. I mean, God only knows because they just talked about $37 billion. As... YG Neo points out, I agree, Republicans, Democrats, dancing bears, and U.S. national debt, $31 trillion. I mean, people can't even understand what that means anymore. Like, you're, I'm not, that's not a comment about intelligence. Your brain can't even really factor in or can, can't visualize what that kind of money looks like. Once you get past a certain millions or billions, it just becomes a big, it's just another number. $31 trillion? 
I mean, Mike, I got to play that video about the money again sometime and show you guys. It's, it's just unbelievable. And it just keeps going. Any A business would have been shut down a long time ago. Insolvent. But the media cared 100 times more about yay than they did about Epstein. It's clear we're being played. Now, on top of all of that, as they're screaming about Russia, bad guy in every possible way, Ukraine has renewed shelling of the nuclear power plant. And then when that happens, they just go, Russia is creating nuclear threats because we're bombing them. And we're, they're, they're, they have, we have to, and it's their fault, right? It's their fault we're bombing a nuclear plant. So they're threatening nuclear war. They're threatening nuclear holocaust because we're bombing them in their plant. I mean, this is actually the narrative. That they, that they are bombing a nuclear plant, which, by the way, is exactly what Zelensky was saying was the biggest threat on the planet when Russia was bombing around it when they were occupying that before they took it over. Then they do something far worse, and it's not a big deal. Either they were lying or nobody cares now. Everything about this situation is ridiculous. But the point is, the International Atomic Energy Agency didn't attribute blame for the strikes on Russia-controlled plant, but called them extremely disturbing. Because it is a problem. You're literally bombing around the nuclear power plant. The point, though, is that they're controlling it because it's obviously a strategic location during a war. But Zelensky is bombing it. Simple as that. And when Russia was doing that, he was screaming the high heaven that they were going to destroy the world. So either he wants to destroy the world, or that was a lie. Same point, over and over and over. Convo Count shares this as the Cuban president speaks up at the Russian state Duma condemning U.S. and NATO sanctions and their role in this conflict. He says the causes of the current conflict are to be found in the aggressive policy of the United States and NATO's expansion to Russia's border. Right, Cuba, you know, where they have a, an illegal blockade that they just voted not to continue most people in the United Nations. But nobody cares because the U.S. is going to do it anyway. And then they're going to pretend like that's what the world and the, the world leaders want. Right. It's not true, but they'll always tell you what they want is what everybody else wants. Cuba strongly condemns the sanctions imposed. Yeah, because they're illegal, guys. Sarah Abdallah points out NATO is not a defense alliance. It's a war machine. Ask the people of Libya. Right. So as they're pointing at what's going on and making all these statements, don't forget what happened here. This is from the NATO launched. And this is talking about Libya. Right. You know, the place where they said they liberated, but then completely destroyed the country. And then they were selling open slaves. And that's liberation. That's freedom. Despite the fact that under Gaddafi, they had free college, free health care. And it's, it's funny when people go, that's not true because they are thinking of a narrative they were spun. But you can prove all this stuff. Clinton lied about what happened there. So did the rest of the government, both sides of it. Right. Free health care, free education. The point was they were they were not doing what they were supposed to on the world stage. NATO launched more than 10,000 air raids on Libya in 2011, you know, with lots of civilians, over 500,000 civilian casualties. If, at, if the war criminal Madeleine Albright was around, she'd probably tell you it was worth it. When they were questioned about civilian casualties, guess what they said? They insisted that it was collateral damage and that it happens in war. Apparently, that only applies when they do it. Biden's administration has also declared immunity. For the authoritarian Saudi government, or specifically Mohammed bin Salman. You know, the guy who spoke on the record and said that he wants Yemeni children to cry when they hear the name Saudi Arabia. That's an exact quote. Whitney Webb wrote about it from Impress News. I mean, my God, these people are terrorists, and they're the ones being funded by your governments. But they give him a pass over the now-proven murder of Khashoggi. Right? Because that makes sense, right? Because freedom. 
That's the Biden administration. You know, the difference of the Trump administration, right? Because they're totally different. Well, let's talk about Iran. It's the same thing for both sides of this. Here's Hadi Nasrallah pointing out the media will show young Iranian girls waving their middle fingers and burning hijabs, right? But they won't show what is actually happening. Armed separatists and radical terror groups are leading the, quote, revolution in Iran. Iran has every right to retaliate. Now, what you're going to see here is exactly the point. There's a lot of different videos of this, and it's all over the place, of these people you know, burning. I show, last uh, week show before last, I think, I showed you the Iranian people, or rather, excuse me, the Iranian separatists, which are really just the U.S. and Saudi-funded Kurdish pushback against the Iranian government to create the regime change they've all, they continue to push for. They were burning policemen in the street. Where, where is the U.S. government saying, we don't condemn, we condemn that, but we're, no, they just said, oh, they're fighting for freedom. And, you know, it's tough because this is what they want to happen, guys. That's my opinion, but you've seen it throughout history. Same thing in Syria, same thing in Venezuela. They are the ones that keep getting caught creating the terror they pretend is what's happening there. Now, it's not to say that there's not their own examples, but if there was, why wouldn't they just use those? That's kind of an easy point to make, isn't it? If they didn't need to fake it, they wouldn't. The point is, these people are carrying out attacks that then are creating, and, and a lot of these times they're shooting people they then blame on the other side. But you will see this across the board. Here's the, this is, I, I, I think I showed you this one last time. The media told us Iran is killing protesters, but here is clearly shows terrorist rioters shooting protesters to blame it on the government, just like we saw in Syria, just like we saw in many different locations, just like we saw that started in Maidan Square. Right. That has been admitted to that the Estonian prime minister said on the record with the European uh, member of parliament and said, look, we know that this was them and everybody admitted it. And they go, yeah, yeah, it's all out there. If you just care to look. Now, if you're questioning that they would lie about this stuff, well, this has already been broken down. You probably saw this viral Instagram post claiming the Iranian government sentenced 15,000 protesters to death. The government happily parroted it. Everyone pushed it out because it worked for them. The post got almost 900,000 likes, just likes, by the way, before being taken down for false information, which I'm surprised they even did. The point is, the 15,000 figure originates from the Human Rights Activist News Agency, the media arm of the human rights activists in Iran, a group that receives money from shocking the National Down for Democracy, a CIA soft power front that has, for decades, funded regime change efforts across the globe. James Corbett calls it the Trojan horse of regime change. That's what these are. And in case you're still questioning, oh, that's fake news, right? Well, guess what? Trustin Trudeau has already had to delete his tweet because it was false. They're lying to you. Faking information. Now, if they didn't, if they had the evidence of these kind of things, they wouldn't need to make it up, would they? Charmin Narwani is being wrapped up in, in writing for the, the cradle, by the way, which you check out. An example of a real journalist out there trying to find the truth and being framed as Iranian fake news because she says what she's not supposed to. Discrediting journalists who buck the dominant narratives of corporate media is becoming a cottage industry. Last week, it was my turn to be called a paid agent of Iran with documents to back up that lie. Quote, documents, not act. Read it for yourself. It's ridiculous. Anybody that comes out against the narrative, myself included, gets called whatever they can in that moment. I've been called a right-wing extremist. I've been called a left crazy. I've been called everything under the sun. An Iran chill and a sod apologist and blah, blah, blah. Just because I choose to, fo to fight for the truth and not an extreme partisan narrative. Now, all that aside, again, if they had what they needed, they wouldn't need to lie to you. This is just pathetic. 
Iranian cover of color revolution propaganda really kick into gear, says Wyatt Reed. This is incredible, actually. CNN posts a photo, which you can very clearly tell by the flags, is a pro-Islamic Republic protest. And this is easy to prove. As they post that picture as proof that Iranians are angry at the Islamic Republic. And that's what the article discusses. They're pointing at this massive protest in support of the government and saying, see, Iranians are mad. And then pretending they're all in support of burning policemen in the street or whatever they pretend isn't happening. I mean, it's just pathetic. Hassan Mahathi points out more CIA disinformation. This is recycled directly from the same accusations against Libya and Russia. You know, the ones that have already been proven to be false. Guess what? They, I guess they can't think past one play one, two and three. How Iran's security forces use rape to quell protests. I mean, do they even care how obvious this overlap is? They just got proven to be lying about what happened in Ukraine, as well as what happened in Libya. Not just, but Libya was before. U.S. intel. No evidence of Viagra's weapon in Libya. Shocking. U.N. envoy admits fabricating claim of Viagra-fueled rape as Russian military strategy. Over and over. And here we are now. Oh, Iran's security forces use the same thing. Just a few days ago, Western media claimed that Iran was executing 15,000 protesters. Remember that? <laughs> we just talked about it. And they were lying. And it was deleted. But now here's the new claim. And we should just buy it, right? I've played this video before, right? Don't forget how, you know, it's John Stockwell with the CIA agent telling you how he disseminates fake news to the media. It's, all, it's easy to understand how this works. They either don't care or are too stupid to see it. But yet all the fake information, but the, but the agenda continues. CBC Canada points out spy agency investigating, quote, credible death threats from Iran against Iran individuals in Canada. I mean, really? We're going to pretend that the Iranian government is individually threatening individual Canadians? I mean, this just gets ridiculous. They want you as an individual to be outraged and be like, they're threatening you personally so that you just go along with the anti-Iranian, anti-Russian, anti-whatever's-next sentiment. Canada's spy agency, because, you know, you can trust them, is actively investigating what it calls credible death threats. Guess what? That's the best you get right there. Trust us, because we know. You know what else was a credible threat? Iran moving boats in their own harbors that turned out to be literally nothing, but blew up into a six-month-long about to be war kind of situation. Remember Bolton and his lie about the credible threat? That's what that was. And that's why it didn't go anywhere. They really tried with their limpet mind psyop. Really tried. This is ridiculous. And all they're trying to do is push for conflict. Based on all of those lies, apparently, <laughs> the totally not aggressive move of deploying 100 unmanned vessels into the Persian Gulf is what the U.S. is going to do to bring it down a notch, Right. Imagine what would happen if Iran deployed 100 unmanned vessels into any area within, a, a, I mean, in, I mean, you, literally on their hemisphere. And they would, be, they would take issue with it. You know they would. But they'll literally send ships through the Strait of Taiwan. They'll send 100 unmanned vessels into the Persian Gulf and act like that's okay, though, because we're fighting for freedom as they're trying to create conflict. This should just make you laugh out loud. This is from Yahoo News. China and Russia seek a world where force is used to resolve disputes, according to U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. China and Russia seek a world where force is used to resolve disputes, says the government, quite literally using force all around the globe to resolve disputes it's created. 
right? Again, this is why I'm convinced that people are just like, really? Like, maybe you guys should revamp your agenda. Maybe you should kind of take a step back and go, are our practices still working? <laughs> are we really that ridiculous today? Yes, it's really that stupid for you guys to act like what you're doing. I mean, look, you could argue it's for good reason, but to pretend like you're not using force because you're doing it for your good cause is just ridiculous. Force for good is still force, guys, even though they're not doing it for good. So you're using force to resolve disputes, and you claim it's for freedom. So isn't that literally what you've done for the entire existence of this country? Yes. But we're supposed to take this and not, not laugh in his face. Unreal. Well, let's finish this segment on the Twitter conversation. Not really sure why it fits in with the foreign policy, but I mean, I do have one point that I'll make about why I think this is interesting. I believe I had it in here. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe I took it out. Hmm. Or maybe it's in the wrong spot. We'll find out as we go through the show today. Go through the show today. But the interesting point is that I see this as connected with the sort of a, you know, right wing threat idea. The way they're trying to frame the MAGA community as one thing. Now, I'm not sure if that connects necessarily, but let's go through this nonetheless. For those that were screaming Elon Musk was going to save free speech, you still might be saying that. And if you are, then you're ignoring all of the facts. Just because Trump was brought back, which he was, or Project Veritas, which they were, does not mean he's fighting for free speech when he doesn't allow Alex Jones or plenty of others. And you know I'm no fan of Alex. The point is that he has a right to be on this platform if it's actually about absolute free speech, which is what Elon pretended he was doing. He literally used those words, a free speech absolutist. But clearly not when he says stuff like this new Twitter policy, which, by the way, is the same old policy, just stated differently, is freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. So not the same thing. That's limits. Not the same thing. Negative hate. So hate speech will be max deboosted. Now, you may not see it in the same framing as woke hate speech. Just because it's decided from a different angle doesn't make it any different. It's subjective discussion. You're saying that's too hateful. Well, as I'm just going to say it right now, since that's right here, as Comrade Misty points out, we'll define negative, define hate. Is it going to be written down? Is there some kind of a metric? Is it how you have to yell into your, I mean, there's no way to actually define what the level of hate is because that's an emotion or negativity. What if it's misunderstood? What if I didn't mean it that way? What if I was being sarcastic? Like, it's just ridiculous. This is the same kind of suppression and censorship in the same exact way, framed differently. It says, will be max deboosted. And demonetized. No ads or other revenue for to Twitter. You won't find the tweet unless you specifically seek it out, which is no different from the rest of the internet. That's not true. That's not true at all. Well, I would argue, actually, I take it back. That is true because the rest of the internet's also being censored, predominantly from places like Google, which downrank anything they don't want you to see, which is not how that's supposed to work. So you're a part in this problem. Whether you realize it or not, I kind of think that he does. Now here... Just Ben Swan also points out, FYI, he's talking about shadow banning. Let's call it what it is, right? Now, Courtney found these when we were on the pirate stream uh, just beforehand and shared them on the sh on the pirate stream. The point is that the you're seeing kind of these kind of things. First of all, we're still seeing misleading. And this, this is an election post, by the way. Is it misleading? I mean, it, it, the point is, how is, if that kind of thing is still happening, then this is not different. Why can't you share this? We try to keep Twitter a place for healthy conversation. I didn't see this before. Okay, so the bottom line is you're now telling us what we can and can't share because you've decided you want a healthy conversation. Let's even just pretend this is with good intentions. It doesn't change it. It still is 
not free speech, and it's still censorship. It's still suppression at the end of the day. You are choosing what you want. And I promise you at some point, somebody at some level, if not already, will use it for their benefit or slant it in a political way. It's already happening. And the same thing with you can't like this. Same point. So here's what he said. What should Twitter do next? Somebody said, bring back Alex Jones. And he said, no, (laughs) on the 18th. Just kind of funny, right? Okay, great process. Personal decision. Because we're allowed to be outraged about him, right? We're allowed to be. So just no, because that's over the line. Don't we all agree? (laughs) So you're deciding lines. You're deciding. So it's not free speech absolutist. And of course, he points to, they did like a poll for Trump. And look at that. He did a poll right here. 300,000 votes. 54%, 55% said yes for Alex Jones to come back. I would have voted yes because he deserves to be back. Everybody deserves their free speech on a platform that is completely controlled by the government or influenced by the government. That's no different right now, guys. I mean, I don't. We're, I know we're pretending any different. This guy is a complete elitist. He's in these circles. Everything he says overlaps with the larger agenda. And why he's probably listening is probably why I won't get my account, my my T-Love account back. But Sam Harris says it's time to let Alex Jones back on Twitter. Why not? This is actually what he said. Everyone's pointed at this. This is on the twentieth. Suffer little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. I, I mean, I don't even know what, I mean, I, 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 I know what he's saying, and I know that the insinuation, the point is, like, why is that the state? I, I don't even know. You can read into it all you want. But at Kim.com says, Alex effed up with Sandy Hook. He admitted that and apologized, which I don't think a lot of his, I mean, it doesn't matter. He also got a lot of conspiracy theories right. If serial liars like Biden and Trump are allowed on Twitter, exactly, then Alex Jones should be allowed too. Please reconsider in the interest of real free speech. I don't even know why people are petitioning him. I mean, obviously, he's not on that same page, guys. So let's stop pretending like he's anything other than exactly what he's saying he is. The same thing happens with Trump. where Trump will literally tell you what he is, and people just go, well, that's an excuse, 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 and justification. Now, that, that's what happens every time for people that don't want to see it for what it is. Here's what he followed up with. My firstborn child died in my arms, which is sad. I felt his last heartbeat, which is terribly sad. I feel for him. I have no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain. Now, is that what happened? I mean, you're just taking the state. Look, again, I am no fan of, the, of, of, of Alex in general, just because of, I'm not even going to get into it. Plenty of reasons, taking my work, not giving me credit. The point here, guys, is that this is you using your personal experience and then taking a narrative that you, I mean, clearly you don't understand or don't care about. He didn't take the deaths of children for gain, in my opinion. Now, yes, his show is always taking in revenue because they're broadcasting. Now, you could argue the same thing about the corporate media, couldn't you? And that will be true. They're right now using people dying or using death and suffering to promote their numbers. They're all on the platforms. What's any different? Just because they don't like what he said about this narrative, which is question it, which we all have a right to do. Brooke Jackson, knocking it out of the park. She responds to Elon then why do the USD, FDA and the CDC still have their accounts? <laughs> End of conversation. Right. You know, the groups that are allowing children to die right now by pretending these shots are safe for people. The point is that they don't really care about free speech. Right. And some of these partisan players are kind of trying to pretend like that's what's happening still. This, I got to admit, is pretty embarrassing. There's been a couple of clips that Alex has put out about this, which I guess are still kind of like going, well, let me explain why Elon did this. And it's not because he's still on my side. He, he basically he just came out and completely I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's pointing that Alex Jones is 
bad because of what he said and he doesn't have respect for him at the very least that's what those tweets pointed out now he could all be lying about it because of what he says here but my god i mean have some self-respect and come out and be like well elon just broke the he's not free speech because he did this and i would support it i would say alec is right because what happened but to to come out and pretend like it's a secret narrative and it's behind the scenes and elon musk is really on our side it's the same kind of cowardly reporting that we're used to in the partisan conversation because it's not about the truth Alex Jones says fake Elon Musk won't reverse Twitter ban because of CIA moles. Now, the fake thing, listen to what he said himself. It's right here. Musk is trying to take over Twitter to create what he calls Internet X that goes back to where the Internet was freer and more open. Still doesn't mean it'll be perfect. He understands that the censorship is just killing interaction, killing debate, and making it a horrible experience. And he just wants to make it successful. That's Now, again... Maybe Alex has some kind of inside information. I've seen him say things like that a lot in the past that don't come to pass. So this could just be, you know, opportunism to say, well, I know secretly wink, wink, and maybe it happens. But are we really going to pretend like the whole point is is Elon's going to build Internet X and it's going to be freer than ever? Are there any indications for that right now? Everything that's happening is clearly going in the other direction. Everything. Now, I could go back. Sure. I don't know the future. But you see my point? Yeah, it's going to be greater than ever. But it's, this is just unverifiable information. That's a common sense and smart thing to do just from a business uh, perspective. It's, it's what made America great. But the ADL and the Southern Poverty Law Center, the Democratic Party, and the European Union, and the Justice Department and CIA moles that Congress had hearings on last week are inside of his company. Uh, right now and are literally trying to sabotage it not just externally with threats of lawsuits and censorship and criminal charges from the eu but they're also threatening to sabotage the company (laughs) and the actual systems that make it operate so as they pan back to a picture of elon musk with a halo around his head i mean really am i the only one that just almost wants to like this is just this is embarrassing Right. So you can't just come out and be like, I was wrong about Elon. He's clearly not doing. No, we have to. It's just kind of secret CIA. Look, is it, of course, that's possible that the CIA would have assets in the I, I probably absolutely true. But does that amount to what he's framing it as? I find that hard to believe. And I find it even harder to believe that if he had the evidence of it, that he wouldn't show you that. This feels like a very self-serving argument. Somebody's asking who Brooke Jackson is. I'll point that out next, actually. Or oh, wait. Oh, in the next, I, in one of the next segments, I will point that out. We, I, the first interview she ever did, she's a whistleblower for, for, within the Ventavia trial about the Pfizer uh, injection. She's important. We did the first interview with her on, on, about this topic. But let me finish this first. He had an exodus out of the company. It was worse than he thought. There's questions if Twitter is even going to survive. He hit the panic button. Right. I'm sorry to stop again. Worse than he thought, right? Can we at least admit, can you at least state that that's your opinion right there? Like, so you know, have you spoken to him? It doesn't seem likely based on what he just said about you. So you're just pretending you know that he turned, it turned out to be worse than he thought, right? Wink, wink, Putin thinks, same thing. And basically came out and attacked me so that he can get the left off of his back. Is that why? Again, I guess we'll just have to take his word for it. And, you know, that it's, it's, it's fine to me that he did that. Except he went too far and compared himself to Jesus and the whole bring the children to me, suffer the children to me. And if you offend one of these, if you're me, one of these kids, it's better for you to kill yourself by tying a big bowl of your neck and throwing it in the ocean. 
That's basically the translation from the King James. Right. So it's okay that he blasphemes? Isn't that a big problem with most of your religious audience? I mean, come on. How many things are we going to jump over? How many hurdles are we going to jump out? Oh, it's all good, though. He's doing this because of a secret reason that makes it all okay. Cool. I guess we'll just trust that. It's QAnon, right? Trust the plan. So that's just outrageous. That's absolutely outrageous that I'm supposedly the worst guy in the world because of media hype that massively has misrepresented what I really said about Sandy Hook that, again, I'll get to in a moment. Which I completely, which I completely agree with. I I don't think he's the worst person on the planet. I don't. I don't. I think he has every right to cover Sandy Hook just like he did. Right. I am allowed to have both opinions. Right. The problem with this to me is that now you got an entire audience of people that are going to continue pretending like Elon is secretly fighting for free speech because Alex said so. And that's just like everything else. And I'm not saying Q like in the sense the media is using it. I'm talking about the idea of how they said we have inside info because these things say trust us. And it went way too long. In fact, some people still believe it. I just I can't believe that this is the kind of thing that still happens. Now, Lex Friedman points out Trump is back. Freedom of speech in action. See my point? He is back. This is Trump's count right there. His personal account doesn't look like he's tweeted anything, which, you know, good for him, actually. I wouldn't either. He's got his own account. I would be I would buck this and be like, screw you guys. Let me just double check since I, yeah, it doesn't seem like anything. Yep. Last one was on 20, right before he was censored on either one. The point is that apparently because he's back, it's freedom of speech. And I said, select him freedom, apparently, because I pointed Elon Musk saying no to Alex Jones. But this is what partisanship does. It creates hypocrites. And, I, and this is interesting. Oh, I think I had, maybe I didn't miss. Oh, here, this is the one. I'll play this. This one first. So this is about uh, Project Veritas. And I'm breaking Project Veritas Twitter accounts being reinstated. And great. I actually, I actually think they do great work, despite it being partisan and sometimes taken out of context. The point is, it's still real. <laughs> I've always maintained that. It's very, I think it's important. Everything they've ever put out, I find it valuable and important. As long as you realize there could be more to the story. But that goes along with any source, guys. That's just que- questioning everything. So I think it's great. I'm glad to see them back on there because they do. They make a big influence when they catch people when they're not thinking that they're being recorded. But the point, though, is I said, here is where all the par- prediction. I think that's clear. Here's where all the partisan players who want to use this for their own benefit, like Alex, I would argue right now, will pretend like Elon is the defender of free speech. And I posted this before Alex said that, by the way. This was yesterday. Because he threw them a, per- a partisan bone. Here's Trump, right? Here's Project Veritas. Even though he cast aside Alex Jones and has yet to reinstate the censored doctors. I mean, really? Wouldn't that be the first place you would start? The doctors who have a right to speak about their expertise? Nah, let's bring back people that are partisan aligned because that will make this easier for you. Because they'll think you're on their side. This person says, why do you want hate? Because <laughs> apparently I want hate by pointing out what I think is pretty obvious. Honest question, they say. You could talk freely without threat of imprisonment, but it does not guarantee you the right to a social media platform, which can have a terms of service. And if you don't abide by, you're out. Also, Alex Jones, he's the biggest POS ever. Get a better idol. This is the problem with the internet. Now, the only reason I show this is because there's a point to make here. I said, you think I support Alex? Do your due diligence, man. Stop assuming. I will you it, it will usually it will usual damn it make it makes you look like an ass which I just did for myself apparently right now I only point out the truth and I do so to actually bring people together not pretend to with a two-party illusion that let's not forget is designed to divide 
right? So think about the interesting point. Actually, somebody else had a good comment on this. I'll show you real quick. Randy says, you, LOL, you are right. We live in a time of idiocracy, and you showed how much the programming has dumbed you down. Smart enough to see the trap, but not bright enough to escape it. If you were as smart as you think you are, you would check out T-Lab's content. I appreciate that. But the interesting part about this, guys, is how is it hateful to point out that this is hollow, right? Like I'm attacking something they want to believe. That's the problem today. We can't see past what we want. It's, it's an illusion in so many different ways. Now, here's an, another part of this. Now, Trump is really promoting Truth Social, which I use as well. Donald Trump gets asked what he thinks about the Twitter poll Elon Musk put out, and he responds by saying Israel has a lot of power on Truth Social. It's kind of an interesting comment, isn't it? You know, apartheid Israel, which all the leading human rights organizations are outwardly pointing out as an apartheid state, a Jewish supremacy government. That's on the best song, human rights discussion. It's all very clearly posted and broken down. The UN is always maintained. It's an illegal occupation. I mean, this stuff is real. Maybe it's because it's called Trump Heights now. You know, the illegal occupied Golan Heights. Maybe that's why. Either way, I think it's pretty interesting he says this. I want to pivot a little bit to uh, current events as in happening in real time. I don't know if you've been following. Uh, Twitter is blowing up today. Elon Musk posted a poll uh, that had over 13 million respondents so far asking whether or not you should be reinstated uh, on on Twitter. Uh, my question to you is, what do you think about uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter? And if you are reinstated, will we see you back on Twitter again? Well, I like that he bought it. I've always liked him. I got along with him very well uh, during my days as president, and I got to know him pretty well. Uh, but I do like him. I've, I've always really... You know, he's a, he's a character, and uh, I tend to like characters, but he's smart. Uh, he did put up a poll, and I hear it's very overwhelming, very strong. But I have something called Trump. If you look, it's Trump-owned, but it's, uh, it's really fantastic. Truth Social. And Truth Social uh, is, is through the roof. It's doing phenomenally well. The press hates to talk about it, but it's doing phenomenally well. I think engagement is much better than it is with Twitter. And it's uh, taking care of voices that really want to be taken care of and really smart voices, brilliant voices, voices that in many cases are both sides. But I can tell you there's a lot of voice for Israel, a lot of power for Israel in Truth Social. So Truth Social. What an interesting comment. A lot of power for Israel and Truth Social. Like, I mean, I talked about this in A and Wake Up. Like, why is that even a normal comment? Like, if it was, if you said there's a lot of power for the U.S. government on this platform, wouldn't that be problematic? How about the Russian government? Oh, no, we can't allow that. But the Israeli government, apparently that's all good and fine, right? I mean, that's crazy to me. That just doesn't make any sense. Israel has been very, very powerful, very, very strong. And I'll be so, Truth Social has been very, very powerful, very, very strong. And I'll be staying there, but I hear we're getting a big vote to also go back on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't see it because I don't see any reason for it. Uh, they have a lot of problems at Twitter. You see what's going on. It may make it. It may not make it. But I, the problems are incredible. Uh, the engagements are negative. And you have a lot of bots and you have a lot of fake accounts, which I think they should get on. But Truth Social has taken the place for a lot of people. And I don't see them going back onto Twitter. I, I, tr I honestly hope that Twitter goes away. Same with YouTube, right? There's lots of, they, 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 I promise you that it would end up kind of shifting into whatever the next one would be. 
Rumble with, I think, the obvious example of the same thing built up in the same way. They just haven't pulled the rugs out yet. But there's other things like that. But when they go away, it would change a lot of stuff. So I kind of hope that happens. I don't think it will, though. I don't think I think it's too important for them. But here's Toby Young pointing out the U.N. High Commissioner for Human Rights has written to Elon Musk, urging him to suppress misinformation on Twitter. (laughs) I.e., according to Toby, and I agree, anything that challenges the narrative on COVID vaccines, climate change and the war in Ukraine. Exactly. You have the United Nations Human Rights High Commissioner on Human Rights reaching out to Elon to say, please censor these people. Remember when that was a conspiracy theory? Remember when that was completely ridiculous to point out that authorities were asking for censorship? I mean, come on, guys. It's always been the case. It's now just out in the open. Now, here's a great article by Sam Husseini from his Substack. Check it out. Elon Musk establishment retrench and how freedom of speech not but not freedom of reach targets the freedom to hear. Really interesting article. The freedom to hear has long been recognized as at least a a corollary to, if not even more important than, freedom of speech. But this undermined critical right is being openly uh, abrogated by Musk. He, he wrote, uh, he writes, I wrote the piece below yesterday evening. I would, it, it would seem to be confirmed by what I learned this morning. The journalist Garland Nixon, we talked about this morning on AM Wake Up, and former ACLU board member was just suspended from Twitter yesterday for this tweet from a week or two ago. And this is what it said. Secretary Blinken, he tagged him. To-do list. Number one, blow up Nord Stream pipeline. Number two, overthrow Pakistan government. Number three, try to run rub out Imran Khan. Number three, more money for Azov Nazis. Number four, Istanbul go boom. Number five, personal, personally strangle some Palestinians to death with your bare hands. I think that is hilarious. And obviously it's meant to be a joke, but not really. Like it's it's he's he's it's a it's a critique on foreign policy and the government. But at the same time, it's obviously not a real to-do list, so it's a joke, right? It's called satire. at the sa- Or rather, not satire, what would you call it? It's, either way, I mean, the point is, they just brought back the Babylon Bee and other places. The point, it's interesting that he would be censored in all of this. It's because I think there's certain things that we're not supposed to talk about, whether it's Elon's Twitter or anybody else. Same thing. Musk is a defense and intelligence contractor. He is. He now owns Twitter. Twitter had a problem in that right wing and potentially populist platforms were sprouting up. What what he's doing is rebranding and retrenching, in Sam's opinion, I agree, the establishment. This is similar to what Trump did by promising America first, but delivering John Bolton and Mike Pompeo. Remember when they said, oh, enemies closer. Again, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So instead of going, well, that's not what he promised, they make an excuse, a justification. Well, here's why it's probably the right thing, because he would only do that if they were on his side. Therefore, right, clearly that's not what happened. Nixon is being suspended for offering blunt criticism of U.S. foreign policy. What is being targeted is the public mind, and critically, the right of the public to hear information that seriously scrutinizes the establishment. Much criticism of Elon Musk's running of Twitter is silly or worse. Take CBS News, deeming the platform unworthy of their participation, at least for a while. Which, who else was that I just saw? Somebody who, you know, stands up and publicly, oh, it was the Apple guy. And they basically publicly go, I'm not going to use Twitter anymore. And it's like, who cares? Why do we, th- why would that care? Why would anybody care about your little child tantrum, right? Because I, I'm not the only one with blue checks anymore or because he's a right wing guy and I don't want to be part of well, Fine, go, who cares? Like, I just think it's ridiculous that they think like that's some kind of a protest <laughs> and then quietly go back to Twitter when nobody's paying attention. 
which is sort of what we're going to see. He says, my last piece led with how CBS News jumped on the false AP report that Russia bombed Poland. And so, too, did literally every other corporate media outlet. Somehow, these big media outlets just walk away from demented reporting, which was risking World War III. And they pretend to sit in judgment of others today. Like, really think about that point. They would just, they literally get it aggressively wrong to the point to where it actually could have caused war. And then when it turns out they're wrong, they just, like we pointed out earlier, just quietly put it to bed, don't really even define how it finished and just go to the next story. And yet they can pretend like they have this kind of superiority, this clout, like their opinion is more important. You guys are pathetic. Now, I doesn't mean every single person, every possible point, like a good example is someone like Robert Fisk, who went and exposed the story in Syria and then got attacked for it. There are people involved here, but at the end of the day, it's the people controlling these outlets and the four or five, five companies that control all of them, which all then are controlled mostly by Black, BlackRock and Vanguard. Musk said he won't reinstate Alex Jones, but people like Anders Osland of the Atlantic Council, who just called for Biden to bomb Russia based on false information, are apparently okay, though. Or, you know, longtime war criminals like John Bolton or other people that have been responsible for millions of deaths. That's okay, though. He hasn't reinstated anti-establishment voices like Dr. Meryl Nass, Daniel McAdams, Scott Ritter. And guess what, guys? The Last American Vagabond right there and countless others. I, I, I was actually really surprised to see that. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. Alongside people like Scott Ritter and Daniel McAdams, that's a huge, huge, I take huge, that means a lot to me. But a damn right we're anti-establishment. And the fact is we're not walking a left or right line. We're simply pointing out what we think is the truth. But yes, we haven't gotten bought, brought back. And so too, I mean, I think the doctors are the first thing we should point out. Where are all the, I mean, the fact that that hasn't happened yet is unbelievable to me. So in a sense, he's behaving like Trump. He has the veneer of an outsider, but ultimately serves the establishment. I mean, that seems to be what's happening, guys. Like, look, I'm not saying it's not a bad, it's a bad thing Trump got brought back. I think it's great. He deserves to be there like everybody else. But to start with Trump is a statement that is a, that is a bone thrown to the partisanship to make to be, oh good, he's on our side. But, well, then that's it. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm not saying I, he may more may change, but so far it's not looking good. As Whitney Webb has noted, Musk is the military and intelligence contractor via SpaceX. He's here to sell the public on this tech. I agree with that. Musk calls himself a First Amendment absolutist. But he rejects freedom of reach, commonly known as shadow banning against negative hate tweets. But let's be clear about this, though. Suppressing somebody, it's the same point. Like, you can literally suppress somebody into non-existence unless somebody literally has the direct link to that tweet. And then even then, sometimes you have ways that you can stop that from being seen or having it not load properly, which we're already seeing today. So there is no freedom of speech there either. He seems to be normalizing shadow banning and Google's practice of skewing and hiding information and acting like it's a new thing, though. It's not. It's always been there. Great article, man. I think really nailed this. Now, finish off with this segment, and we'll jump over to COVID-19. Ivor Cummings points out, superb piece by, from Irish guy on mainstream TV show says it all. Applies to our whole world. Also, and explains why we're in a mess with our freedoms being destroyed. That this is, I believe, is a, a, a member of parliament or former, and he's speaking about what they call the. Um, uh, I'm gonna forget it. Oh man, I'm gonna. I I I, I want to remember right now. T shock. T shock. It's a. It's very strange. You know, it's my opinion. So the Irish words. You look at them. You're like, how does that pronounce what it says? But the T shock is like president. Essentially, it's the leader of the government. That's what he's speaking about in this clip about how these things work and what the real game is. It's really about dividing us amongst ourselves, guys. I think we know this by now, or we should anyway. 
and uh, the Taoiseach would have probably been a Trinity around the same time. Really? But we view this country very differently, to a very different prism. So, and that's a socio-economic prism I'm talking about. So he experienced this country in a very different way growing up than I experienced it. So he views that world through that prism. And I don't forget, and I won't forget what he did before he became Taoiseach. He essentially enacted this informant line for a problem that didn't really seem to be a problem. And everybody was saying, well, is this really the best way you can spend your money? And the amount of money, you know, that is basically being siphoned out of the country through corruption, the amount of people that were taken off their tracker mortgages, the amount of corruption that is endemic and systemic. There's no phone line to rat out corruption at all the various different levels. And he did that for one reason. He did it to make political capital and political gain because he wanted to become the leader of his party. It's, it's this kind of thing of the old Roman kind of thing of divide and conquer, but it's not divide and conquer. It's divide and rule. Because if you can basically tell everybody at the bottom of the ladder that it's not the bankers, it's not the professional classes, it's not those people that essentially are trying to kick you out of your home or the vulture funds. It's the other guy, the bus driver, the guy in labor, the other guy that's in the same job as you are. Because the working classes compete for resources and he knows that and as long as you're looking at your neighbor and thinking that your neighbor is the one that's doing you out of it you're not looking at the banker and he knows that and that's the canard of political thinking that they put out there that anybody who is engaging with social services anybody who's engaging with hospital services for free they villainize them because they want you to be suspect of them because they have this political ideology that taxation is a form of theft and it's your taxes and it's not people that are basically funneling them out of the country it's this bloke in a tracksuit but it wasn't blokes in tracksuits that were on the country, it was blokes in suits. Absolutely. Right? We really need to understand how real that is. And it's not just the United States, not just the UK, right? Or rather, that would be, but the point is, in general, this is a reality, right? I mean, it's everywhere. The powerful will use you against your neighbor to benefit themselves. That's just the reality of power. Not always, but it is always possible. Now, in this last segment, I'll end with this and, I, and we'll jump into COVID-19. From This is from Iconic News from Gareth Icke. I, I think this is important to understand is despite what he just said from the, 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 the Irish gentleman, what he just said, the truth is that people are seeing through it now more than I've ever seen in my life. And I'm, I'm inspired by it. I really am. Despite how much they want you to feel it's worse and worse and worse. I believe people are seeing through it, and that's what he's talking about here. They can never truly delete it because people know the truth when they hear it, and perhaps more importantly, they know when they're being lied to. Like March 2021, when we visibly witnessed protests in the UK against government tyranny leap from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands. It was quite a sight to behold. People are asking questions now when they really weren't before. The public's trust in the media, and therefore the public's trust in the authorities the media really represents, is at an all-time low. In the U.S., just 11% of the population say they trust the media is telling them the truth. That's as low as I can recall, certainly in my lifetime. This distrust has meant people are seeking answers elsewhere. They're listening to more marginalized voices. Now, this terrifies the establishment, of course, and the Department of Homeland Security's new disinformation policing is testament to that. They're rattled. But they can try and censor the truth all they like. They can attempt to invert it by labeling it fake news. They can paint over it, ban it from entering countries, but they can never truly delete it because people know the truth when they hear it. And perhaps more importantly, they know when they're being lied to. A lie smells like a wet dog. It's a fart in an elevator. It doesn't matter how well you try and conceal it. Someone's smelling it and they're looking at you. This desperation to keep the cat in the bag leads to mistakes. 
CNN accidentally showing a Ukrainian soldier doing a Nazi salute, right. the result of which is CNN being stripped of their media accreditation in the region. The poor concealment of the Ukrainian crypto donation money laundering scandal was another drop ball. We'll be talking to financial expert Mitch Feierstein about that later in the show. NBC revealing too much about the Paul Pelosi attack or former Prime Minister Boris Johnson's father saying that they should stop people flying to achieve net zero. See, that's always been the goal, but they don't actually want the serfs to know that. Stanley Johnson just said the quiet bit out loud. The creepy unelected Bond villain Klaus Schwab is openly talking at the G20 this week about the transformation of the world as we know it. This lad just loves telling us what the gig is. And they're doing that a lot lately, but with every arrogant confession, every accidental admission and every bit of news footage they've forgotten to edit, another percentage of the population wakes to the scam and at least the public faces of the people that are scamming them. And as Alani said in this week's In The News Show, in the end, it won't be I'm a celebrity Bush Tucker trials these guys are facing. Exactly. And there, it, you have every right to feel positive about what's happening right now, despite how, uh, you know, concerning it is. We are seeing positive change, and I know it's hard to see, but what he just outlined right there is that you are having an effect, and it does scare the hell out of them, and that's why it's getting, we're, it's getting more intense because they're trying to stop you from breaking through. So stay the course, guys. You are making a difference with every single thing you do. Every person you show, everybody you talk to, every flyer you post, you're reaching people because they're looking now. That we can't let go. Now let's talk about COVID-19 and the different many parts of this. Now I'm really going to do my best to try to go through this quick. And I say it all the time, but I just important not to make this take longer as I want. I don't want to, I don't want to not cover everything tonight is my point because I, there, who knows what could happen. So let's jump into this. And coming off of what it just said, understand, people see this. This is one of the most obvious things I've ever seen in my lifetime. And they just don't want to point at it. This is incredible. COVID vaccines. (laughs) This is from science or nature.com. Excuse me. Quote, we got creative. We couldn't wait for data. Well, that's quite different than what we've been yelled at, huh? And had to do so much at risk. We flew the airplane while we were still building it. All the bureaucracy fell away. The recently retired head of vaccine R&D at Pfizer. I mean, you, you just, this is just that ridiculous. This is, this is nature right here. Nature.com. We flew the aeroplane while we were still building it. I mean, can you even wrap your mind around this statement? I mean, here, let's, let's just so you can see this, so you know, it's in there. We got creative. We couldn't wait for data. I mean, the idea that we pretend this makes sense today, despite them telling you it was the most extensive safety trial in history. It was the most research vaccine in history, but we couldn't wait for data. Bureaucracy fell away. We flew the airplane while we were building it. Why? Because you were all in danger? Well, no, that's not even true. And we know that now. This is falling apart in real time, and they're doing their best to distract you with something else and create a narrative about how, you know, we didn't force you to do these things. We didn't, we just recommended you not take ivermectin. We didn't tell you. Yeah, they're lying, guys. And everybody sees it. We need to capitalize on that. But you can see them quietly doing this now. I mean, this is embarrassing, almost to the point of like potentially legally. Like, think about this right now Daily Mail. Moderna and Pfizer will investigate whether their COVID vaccines cause long-term health issues. 
that's it. Yeah, now, as I said, gee, just a thought here. And I'm not an expert, but maybe that should have happened, you know, before forcing it on the world. I don't know. I mean, my God. And since we point this out a hundred times, just one more time, it's just, I'm sure it'll come up again. But the idea that, I mean, this is the whole point, guys. How is it possible? Oh, look, they added stuff now. I have to find out what changed. Oh, yeah, look, they've updated as of November 2022. Look at that. Okay, well, let's find out where this is. If they added, it's probably further down. Hold on. Here we go. Right there. Let's see if this change. Lying about information they haven't done, or maybe not. Maybe they just keep it going. Wait, that's not the right spot. Hold on. Here we go. Bingo. Okay. So, seems to be the same. Point was, long-term, the long-term safety of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine is unknown at present. I've been showing you that since 2021. And the, I mean, they just, just updated this as of November. I think it, I, I was looking at this three, four days ago, so it had to have been with last so many days. So as of right now, they don't have long-term data. And we know that, though, because now they're going, well, we're going to investigate whether there's long-term problems. But you're going to force it on the planet before you even find that out? I mean, who even thinks that makes sense? It's, I mean, the, all of this might have added up to some if they just didn't force it and said, well, we think you're in danger, so we rushed it out. But we didn't do the long-term safety, so we're just going to offer it to you. But no, they forced it on everybody. And they still are. And now they're going to investigate? Just since we brought it up, the points are all the same. They don't know if it, how it reacts to other vaccines. The studies to do so have not been done, have not been performed. But they're forced, they're promoting it alongside the flu vaccine, even though they literally don't know if that'll kill you. That's exactly what that says. I mean, on and on and on. Every single one of these. The, the pregnant, and uh, let's see. Oh, it doesn't say that anymore, does it? They did change that. Oh, and it's right here. Safety profile of the vaccine is not fully known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. There's a point about that today. We'll get to it all. But yeah, let's do it now, though, after we killed a lot of children. Well, now even the corporate media are finally beginning to admit the obvious, if only to use it to claim that it's still very rare and the jab is safe and effective, which is unbelievable. But they're actually now on the corporate media saying, yeah, this kid died from myocarditis by the vaccine. You know, the very thing, the literal claim that we were censored for on Twitter for the first time. Not saying for sure, but saying we know that the, 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 the data, the evidence shows that this is potentially, it can cause myocarditis because that's what it showed. Not that it is for everybody or that everybody dying is because of it, but we pointed at that fact before we were allowed to say it long before a lot. And now they're finally, three years later, quietly saying kind of happening. Think about how wild that is. 19 vaccine, according to the autopsy report from the county coroner. Now his family speaking out and remembering his legacy. 18 News reporter Tara Lynch investigates and shares his story. George Watts Jr. was a college student. Described as a homebody, he loved playing video games and being with his family. He's funny. Kind of shy. You get to know him and he's, he's a jokester and quick-witted kid. He wanted to take classes in person. To do that, he needed to be vaccinated, so he scheduled his COVID vaccine appointment. His first dose in August, his second in September. And that's coercion. 
right? Nobody told him there was antibody dependent enhancement risks. Nobody told him that he could get myocarditis. Nobody told that's not, he was not informed. So he could not have given consent at some point. If there's any justice in this world, somebody, hopefully all of them will be held legally accountable for what they did here. I just, I, I don't want to be pessimistic about it. Let's stay hopeful. The bottom line is here, guys, that this is unreal. So he wanted to go to school. He wanted to see his friends. And that's why he's now dead. That's not hyperbole. That's literally what just happened. He wanted to get that one. Actually, now here, before he goes forward, here's the thing. Consider this point. If I go on Twitter right now, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's something that if I went on Twitter, let's say before Elon Musk, I argue it still happens now. I don't want to we'll maybe test it that you would have been censored for saying exactly what the, how about this? Go on Facebook and point this, go on YouTube and say that this kid died because of the vaccine. They'll censor you. Despite the fact that this is corporate media reporting based on what a doctor said, just like they did with the division one golfer who has got documentation that proved it was myocarditis via vaccine. And they censored him on TikTok. As far as I know, he never got uncensored, even though it was proven because the thing they admit is possible is not possible on social media because that one was FDA approved. George Jr. started to feel sick. Oh, sorry. I noticed he was starting to... I want to point this out to He was start- George Jr. started to feel sick. I noticed he was starting to... When he, was- he wanted to get... Ghost in August, his second in September. He wanted to get that one because that one was FDA approved. Ah, George Jr. Okay. started... So that one was FDA approved? What are we talking about here, right? Somebody get the bots in the chat. Thanks, guys. So are they talk? Are they so are they being told? Was he being told he was given the community that no one's gotten, or is she just being? Is the media making her think that it's been approved? Either way, she's wrong, right? And how about the fact that the media let that go? They just played that, even though it, again, either they don't know it's not approved, which shows you how crazy it is that these people inform everybody. Or they know that's not true, and they let it get played anyway. The point is, there's no approved injection being given to anybody in this country. It's not. It's, they claim it's been approved, but they haven't done it. They haven't given it. That's verifiable. They're still giving you the emergency use authorization, which, by the way, is why they just extended the emergency yet again. Even though we're not in the emergency, it never really were. But think about how wild that is. So he got he's dead now because they told him it was proved, they lied to him, and got him to take the next shot. Two of them, by the way, because he wanted to see his friends. to feel sick. I noticed he was starting to, when he started getting a puffy in the face, like a sinus issue. So, and uh, plus he had a cough, and I decided to take him to the emergency room to see what was going on. That's where he was given antibiotics to treat a sinus infection. But a week later, George Jr. was still sick. And you see how that goes, guys? For all those people out there that aren't thinking, oh, I've got this or I've got that. If you've taken those injections, that this is what could be the result. Oh, you got a science infection. I have people in my family dealing with this right now that are literally being told, oh, no, you've got a problem with your back. Oh, no, you got a problem with this. Everybody under the sun has a different diagnosis when it's very clearly not what I mean. None of them agree. The point is that they are just I think people are so terrified. They probably know what's going on and just throw like, oh, it's this. And I mean, I know I don't want to believe people are that dishonest, but we've seen plenty of doctors admit that they were doing this. Here's this clip right here. We played many times. 
where they're saying, yeah, you know, I was keeping this under wraps because I was afraid, but I'm not going to do that anymore because it does not feel, oh, I think I deleted it. Well, anyway, there was that, there's plenty, these doctors have spoken out on the record and said, I'm not going to hide this anymore, even though it's, you know, it's my job is at risk. So they went back to the ER. After that second visit, his symptoms got worse. Another week goes by and he's getting worse and his cough is getting worse. He's coughing up blood. He's, his feet are hurting, his hands are hurting, his eyes, his teeth are hurting. And he, you know, didn't like the light, the sunlight. But like then, sinus infection. the unthinkable. And I told him that I was going to take him to the emergency room the next day after I got out of work. We never made that trip to the emergency room. George Jr. collapsed in his room on October 27th and was pronounced dead later that morning. His dad describes him as healthy, saying he had no underlying medical conditions. An autopsy report from the Bradford County Coroner's Office shows George Jr. died from, quote, COVID-19 vaccine-related myocarditis. Myocarditis is how I ruled it. Have you seen anything like this before? We are currently working on other cases that are um, related to vaccine and booster-related issues within our county, yes. Exactly. Yes. Why? Because this is a big problem that they're running from. It's everywhere. And here's another example. The British Medical Journal points out COVID-19 vaccines and drugs were developed at, quote, warp speed. You know, hence the name. Amazing, we can't put that together. And now experts are concerned that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration inspected too few clinical trial sites. You think? Oh, now they're concerned. Really? Of course, only after ridiculing and disparaging all those who spoke up about this before the jabs were forced on the world. But now they care. You know, like Brooke Jackson. Speaking about exactly this issue, I mean, literally the issue of the research facilities and how they were literally doing all the, how they were unblinding people, how they were, I mean, please watch this interview. It blows my mind because this was the very first interview that she did. She's done many since then. My point in saying that is that in this interview, all the source material that we provide, documents, cloud, I mean, these are like huge documents full of information. I mean, this is um, not up for debate. It's proven on the right. They, they, she has their own emails caught where they're talking about trying to hide things because of Brooke Jackson. I mean, this is incredible that it took this long for you to come out. It shows you how completely broken everything is, how suppressed our work is, because this was there. We even followed up another interview with her, right? The point is, even the British Medical Journal did, were actually, they were the first to put an article out about this. They really, and good on British Medical Journal and people like Dr. Doshi for coming out and doing this. And even they got attacked for it. I mean, the, the corporate media called them a a med, what was it a, a conspiracy blog. I mean, seriously, the British Medical Journal. That's how broken. That's how lost they were. They know what they are. But now they're going to do it, right? Now we care to find out what went wrong after it's already been given, and we're on narrative forty-five. Because this, guys, is already happening. But don't worry, they're going to blame it on something else. TV presenters in Brazil and Argentina collapse in live broadcast over and over and over. But we don't know what's going on. We're still confused. This is her collapsing. Desculpa, a gente não tá me sentindo bem. 
I mean, do you know how many of these are need to happen for this many to just randomly in in you know a brief twenty second clip to be caught this often? I mean, we keep seeing it on games and TV and and panels. People collapse. It's not happening. I mean, this is happening in a large grouping of people, but it's not the it's not fifty percent of the population. So the fact that we're catching this live on TV shows you how many. I mean, maybe it is, but it shows you how much more it is than we're actually seeing. They can't cover this up. It's happening in real time. Here she is promoting the mask and pushing the agenda because she got injected, guys. That's the point. 28-year-old Australian football player died unexpectedly. Who knows, right? Because nobody even asks anymore. They died. It's sad. Move along, you anti-vaxxer. How dare you ask what's wrong? I mean, seriously? Well, here's it. I'm not going to play this because it is, uh, what was it again? An hour and 24 minutes, but this should blow your mind. This is just a, somebody made this video published in July. A thousand athletes collapsing, dying, heart problems, blood clots, not necessarily saying what's proven the vaccine, but the point is that how many of them are happening? I keep making this point. I was talking about this in 2021 at that time, proving that the amount were more than the average amount using FIFA studies and NIH studies. Again, how many things that we were ahead on in the story that aren't being covered yet that will probably be covered at some point when we're allowed to talk about them by larger people, it blows my mind. We have proven that this is real a long time ago. So are people like the expose, people like Jay Wilderness, and people that conti- or uh, Good Sciencing who continue to break this stuff down. And despite them calling it a conspiracy site that subjectively says blah, 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 they're not. They make it very clear. We can't prove whether or not they've had the inject, but here's what we here are all the athletes that are collapsing. And then I can show you the studies that show you how crazy over the top this is. We're not even at the end of the year, and it's so far beyond what anybody would expect. Like 10 times what we're talking about. Go watch my old, just look up Collapsing Athletes in the Last American Vagabond, and you'll find at least four or five really intense, like long discussions about this. But watch this for yourself. It's an hour and 24 minutes, and all you're seeing is athletes, athletes, Athletes collapsing, dying, unexpected, unknown. Who? It's unreal. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Again, yeah. Somebody point. Remember Tiffany Dover? That one. Oh no, no. She has this weird heart health problem, and that's why liars. Even if that's even a real thing, like how quickly they tried to dispel it, and then everybody collapses after her. We're going to pretend like that was a real story. They were trying to cover this up from day one, guys. Here's Doctor Bakti pointing out, one, that this is an overlap with what we're seeing and people collapsing, but that this is a real thing that they are trying to keep from your view. That's not the one. Oh, you know what? No, I'm pretty sure I downloaded that. Hold on. Uh, well, in any case, in any interest of time, we'll skip it, but the point is the same. Dr. Bhakti, let's see if it's loud enough. Here in a manner that is never seen. These pictures do not exist in the pathology textbooks because nothing has oh, induced here, this to happen. I can put it up for you. The first time there you go. It's the first. The vaccines. Mankind is being destroyed. It's a heart. Okay, so you see all these top athletes dropping dead or dropping out. They will never come back. The case is clear. And the case is closed. There is now bulletproof evidence that the injected spikes are causing inflammation and damage to the walls of the smallest vessels in the body. And when this happens in the brain and the heart, 
you get irreversible defects. Hmm. Now, why are certain countries like Canada and Australia doing things that are obviously blatantly criminal, killing their own people? This happens to certain states in America, too. Hmm. He's been on this. Watch Taylor's interview with him right in the beginning of all this. And he's nailing. He's been maintaining this argument from the very beginning. I mean, it's just that clear. Here is an example. NBC meteorologist Al Roker pushes the vax, tells everyone you're an idiot for not doing it. You know, like they all did. You should do it or you're wrong if you think not to. And gets blood clots in his lungs and legs, which we shouldn't we shouldn't be cheering about. It's sad. The bottom line is. It's happening to everybody. People that take these. I mean, that's what Bakhti was pointing out in the very beginning, that this would be a problem. I'm getting I'm getting the Pfizer vaccine, Doc. This is uh, two vaccines uh, over spread out over uh, three weeks. Yes. Over 21 days. Mm -hmm. And and I'm, I'm going to ask the question because a lot of people, is it safe? Absolutely. We get asked that a lot. But, you know, the clinical trials really showed its efficacy. And nope. Been I mean, that they now now they're yeah, they think about him saying that before and now we're going oh we're going to investigate these trials that weren't done properly right good times so he was pushing something he was told to say he didn't look into it because clearly that's not the truth we're finding that out now see how this works we've uh seen hundreds and th hundreds of thousands of doses since and everybody's doing rather quite well so okay. oh, yeah. a lot of people want to know once you get the vaccine especially after you get two doses do i still need to wear a mask yes that's actually a key <laughs> component of of keeping us all safe we're not going to know right. uh, who has because this doctor who's not an expert in ppe is going to say that because that's what he's supposed to say right when you listen to an actual ppe expert which most doctors have really no idea about because it's not the same thing just because they wear them does not make them experts on it you hear the truth but you see these are just TV doctors who are just going to say what they're supposed to say on the show. Just had the vaccine. We're also going to take some time in terms of getting up to enough people to where we can really take these masks this, off. So mask wearing is going to be with us for some time now. Well, Once I'm is. fully vaccinated, can I still be asymptomatic and spread COVID? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's not what the clinical trials looked at. So we're hopeful the answer is no. As with most <laughs> diseases, when you get some immunity, we're hoping you wouldn't then be able to then transmit it. But we're going to see as these things go and we'll have a little bit more information. <laughs> that well, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm going to wait until we get herd immunity. Uh, so I don't really need to get vaccinated. Pop that balloon for me, would you? Yeah, that's a tough one because herd immunity really comes at about 85 to 90 percent. And the only way to get yeah, in all those places that went well past it, like we'll talk about an example that got to 99 and they all still got sick, too. You know, oh, well, we'll just keep yelling things at you and pretending like it's facts because that's what we're supposed to say. I've got a white lab coat on there is if everybody goes for the vaccine we're going to get that 10 to 15 percent by people who couldn't get it because of a medical illness or something along those lines so we all have to do our part we have to go well, i guess we just leave out natural immunity because what a doctor right because doctors know <laughs> no natural immunity we suddenly just pretend it's not there anymore get the vaccine to really create that herd immunity so after i get this first dose what am i going to feel so the first dose you're going to feel a little bit of the soreness in the arm there uh -huh. so not unlike the flu vaccine uh, but you're going to be up and on the Today Show tomorrow morning, no problem. All right. Well, oh, yeah. I know you got the vaccine, and when it first came here, you, you had a mixed emotions. Absolutely. It was um, very inspiring, incredible. It, it rolled right through uh, the doors outside there. and uh... It was incredible. It brought a tear to my eye. Like Justin Trudeau said, you know, you really feel it when it goes in. Like, they're trying to, yeah, you feel, like, faint or, like, vomit feeling, maybe? Yeah. You know, like, the idea that this is somehow, like, oh, it's a miracle. 
This is TV. You're watching a propaganda. That's what this is. Um, we all stopped and actually took a selfie just with the box. It was oh just a, an incredible, inspiring, hopeful moment. Well, I've got a hopeful moment now. Did you get the shot? I did. How'd you feel afterward? I felt good. All right. Well, oh, yeah, I felt good. Great, great, great. All right. The question is, will, will I get a Hello Kitty band-aid? <laughs> <laughs> There we More go. Blood blood. Wow. Get those vaccines. Think about, think about happy things. That's right. Puppy dogs. Go. Pies wow. and cakes. Wow, that was, look at Nurse <laughs> Jessica. Jessica. Oh, yeah. Jessica. I mean, we really shouldn't make light of these things, right? I mean, I guess that, that tends to be partisan when that happens. I got to be honest. Hopefully we're better than that, right? Whether or not he's deceiving you, we shouldn't relish in somebody else's pain and suffering. That just bad people do that, right? I mean, look, even somebody like a war criminal, right? You can hope for justice, but to relish in pain, I just think is a, is a bad trait. Let's be better. But here is Dr. Asim Mahaltra. Coroner concludes, death of 14-year-old boy three weeks after Pfizer COVID jab of significant public concern. The evidence is increasingly clear that the jab should likely never have been approved in the first place. Approve. Well, I mean, well, technically that is the case if it's just never been given, but it's a weird way to frame that. Either way, the point is not some people, not good for them, bad for the others, but bad everywhere across the board. It is killing people. Here is an ad. Despite all of that, that Pfizer puts out, you know, for the least at risk, for the people that they have now proven don't even need this and are at the highest risk of the side effects. But it's okay, though, because guess what? They're going to be superheroes, guys. Ready to fight COVID. All of us want to be superheroes. And the most important heroes are those that help others. This year, thousands of kids like us around the world joined the COVID-19 vaccine trial. Kid power. And when they did, they became all superheroes. Ah! To all the kids who volunteered. We'd like to say thank you. Yeah, except the ones that are dead now, right? Or the ones that got blood clots in the first 14 days and they got pushed out of the trial or the ones that any problem that happened within 14 days and got pretended like it was something else or the ones that have problems after the trial they don't talk about. All of this has been discussed since then or not, you know, since the trial. But this is what they put out. While this is happening, while the information is coming out, we don't even know long-term safety. We don't know if you can get them next to anything else. We're finally admitting myocarditis, but yay, superheroes. Because children will watch this and go, Mom, I want to be a superhero. That's disgusting. When they made the whole uh, Sesame Street overlap, doctors rightly got outraged because that's you're not you're aiming propaganda at the children who can't consent. It's just disgusting. We have watched this slippery slope rapidly take place. Because they've always been these disgusting people. They're showing you who they are today, guys. Makes me sick. Now, here is what's ha- what is continuing to happen to people. First of all, this is actually a billboard that was put up outside the CDC headquarters in Atlanta. How many more kids have to die before CDC stops this COVID shot? How embarrassing that's probably they're probably trying to get it taken down. Well, here's just a quick compilation of people that are suffering. Some and understand children are dealing with this too. Chris got the Pfizer blood clots in his brain. He actually had cerebral venous sinus thrombosis on both sides of his vein, of his brain, as well as an internal jugular vein thrombosis. Second Pfizer shot. Within two days, she started having seizures again. She's gone from having tics, looked like she has Tourette's, um, Bell's Falls wheelchair bound, and then all of a sudden, 
she was paralyzed. Within a matter of days, I was experiencing tremors in all four of my limbs. Two weeks after receiving her second dose of the Pfizer vaccine, she woke up paralyzed from the waist down. The night before, she had been experiencing uncontrollable tremors for over 30 minutes. We had no idea these types of side effects were even possible. Right. Riley is no my eight-year-old daughter, was vaccine injured this year. During that process, it started with a psychosis episode and blackouts and fainting. Uh, it progressed on further to her losing ability to feel her limbs. Look, if they don't know that like a seizure is possible, they weren't informed. Because that's one of the higher up level of normal things that can happen that they just dismiss. They weren't told these things were possible. They were not informed, so there was no consent. Um, she had ringing in her ears. Her fingers were tingly. Um, her veins, she would feel tingling in them. And over nine months since she got her second dose, she can't walk. She's in a wheelchair. She has an NG tube for all of her nutrition. That's, she Maddie, has... that's Maddie DeGarry, right? This is one of the earliest examples. This is during the trial, right? The trial, they just touted as superheroes, right? She was one of them. They put her down, and it's still to this point, as I understand it, I haven't looked in a minute, but the last time I checked, it is, and this was recently, I think it was only maybe a couple months ago, that her Vayers report, I don't even know if you can change those, it still says stomachache. They put it down as a stomachache. When she left, she was disabled. She's in a wheelchair. She eats through a tube. They put down stomachache because they maybe thought that was, a, you know, at this point, it's everywhere. Then they were still trying. They could, oh, we'll just lie about it because maybe nobody will notice. It's too late for that now. Now they're caught lying about a child who suffered in their trial, and they covered it up. Constant pain in her stomach, back and neck. She can't feel her legs, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. My son did what was asked of him. He got the vaccine to play hockey, and now my boy is gone. To get the Pfizer vaccine, my buddy called me. <laughs> told me something was wrong with Junior. He, all they could tell me was, he's dead. That's it. Two days after the shot, I was going to have a heart attack. You know, I was the heart pain was worse than anything I could possibly imagine. Got the COVID vaccine. And by Sunday morning, he was intubated and on life support. In the hospital, he ended up having myocarditis. You can't find help. Kind of makes you feel uh, hopeless. Kids, with all these side effects, why is it something being done? It's not fear. We're just people who are hurt, you know? We're, we're just hurt. And we just want help. We're not asking for anything else. We just want help and to be hurt and make things aware for others so this doesn't happen to anyone else. I don't want this happening to anyone else. MD, it, it took me a long time to accept the reality of, of the depth and the breadth of the censorship. To say, hey, this is, you know, it happened to me, this has happened to me. There's got to be a point where the doctors of the government turn around and say, okay, we have to address this problem. That people stepped yeah. up to do their duty to support public health and then have been continued to be abandoned at every level is absolutely unconscionable. want to push us away like we're nothing, like this isn't happening. It's time to wake up. It's time to realize this is happening. CDC, FDA, NIH, 
We do exist. Your system is broken and you know it. You are constantly and persistently telling the public that your review of the data is thorough and your safety signaling systems are robust. When in reality, there is huge gaps in your system every single step of the way. About the issues with the clinical trials, they know about the deaths, they know about the lack of follow-up on VAERS, they know about the injuries to children, they know about Maddie. I have discussed Maddie with them. They know about the mandates imposed on the injured. They know about the suicides as the results of months-long suffering. They know about the aggressive censorship. They know about the media censorship. They know about the scientific censorship. They know all of it. And they have for months. We have literally asked and we have begged repeatedly for them to acknowledge these reactions. They declined. I would like to finish with a letter from a friend. Bree, please tell our stories. Please make sure the world knows the cruelty that has been imposed upon us. Goodbye, my dear friend. I will see you on the flip side. Rochelle Walensky, Janet Woodcock, Peter Marks, Anthony Fauci. You erased her and the many others like her. Their blood is on your hands. You cannot bring my friends back, but you can save others from their fate if you finally just tell the truth. That link will be in the show notes. Please share it. I mean, my God, you can't, you can't deny this is happening. It's provable. Plen- I mean, an unending procession of experts are backing this up. And the peer-reviewed science is there. What are we supposed to be questioning at this point? There, trust the science. There's more peer-reviewed science that backs this up than not at this point. They're just hiding from it, guys. They're running from this. They're hurting people. And while that's happening, they're still pushing the agenda. Here's another video. This is just horrifying. It's an exa- individual example. mRNA injection damage. When she first went public with her jab injury, she was ridiculed and told she was faking. Just like somebody we interviewed. It's just like the sanctions example or bombing a foreign country, killing somebody's family, and then calling them the terrorist on the corporate news, right? Imagine being this person and dealing with this and then being told you're crazy, right? That you're wrong. You're not. You're faking it after it's happening. Imagine what that does to somebody. 
Now here's Pierce Morgan as a counterbalance, you know, the, the, the courageous, strong and, and, you know, fighting for you, Pierce Morgan, right? November, 2020. Imagine telling your grandkids in 40 years when they asked if you did what you did in the war on COVID. Quote, well, I refused to wear a mask, refused to take a vaccine and ignored lockdown rules, putting many lives at risk. Right. He still toes this line, by the way, right now, as I pointed out with this video down below, you're a terrible human being because he is. The guy's a terrible person like the rest of them that can see this happening and still maintain their argument. You know that you're the coward because you're too afraid of a needle, which is not even remotely what's actually happening. It's it's just mind blowing that these people are. I mean, does anybody actually respect these people or is that the illusion? Well, here is vaccine disaster. My, myopericarditis rates off the charts. 23,300 suspected cases per million. This is unreal, guys. Uh, where was it? Hold on. Oh, this one. FDA, our government agencies, and I want everyone to understand this, our government agencies are involved in a biological safety cover-up of right. death after COVID-19 vaccination. Some of it's due to... Actually, that's not the right one. Hold on a sec. Oh, it's this one. It looks very similar for the start. Hold on. It's this one. And Sugian and colleagues from Thailand do the first prospective cohort study. And Ms. Sugian has uh, a total of 301 children aged 13 to 18. Yeah. And they get all the baseline troponin, EKG, and echo at baseline. This is ultrasound of the heart. Yeah. Then they get the second dose of Pfizer. Then they get everything repeated. And here's the bombshell. Do all those children, they look at them. Do it all again. They come up with a rate of myocarditis of 2.3%. Previous, the, the FDA had estimated 60 new cases to, per million. Uh, there were right. data from Tracy Hogue, uh, UC Davis said 250 uh, per million. And then Kaiser Permanente had an uh, estimate of 537 per million. This blows that out of the water. This is 23,500 cases per million, right. according to Mansugian. And of those, seven kids had myocarditis that was serious, two kids hospitalized, they confirmed it by MRI, they used the, the uh, latest troponin assay, highest quality EKG and MRI tech. That was a, a wonderful paper, and that's followed on the last few weeks by a study done from a very renowned cardiologist, Christian Mueller in Basel, Switzerland. I personally know him, he's a friend of mine. He studies 777 healthcare workers, gets troponin before and after the third shot. And now it doesn't get EKGs and echoes and all the MRI, but what does he find? He finds the rate of a significant, a characteristic rise of, 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 of troponin, which is a rise and then a fall over four days. That's characteristic for cardiac injury in 2.8% uh, of individuals, 2.8. Oh. So Mansugian, 2.3. Mueller, 2.8. is presented at the European Society of Cardiology, which is the biggest cardiology meeting in the world. And now, uh, days later, Pfizer Moderna announced they're going to start their cardiac studies for myocarditis. Unbelievable. And, and that is so egregious when you're now telling me they were told they were supposed to be doing that very early on, mm -hmm. that they wouldn't get approval if they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And I, I fault the FDA before I even fault Moderna or Pfizer. That was the regulatory agency. You're, this is your job. Your job is to enforce and make sure the proper studies are being done. Yeah, I hold them both accountable because they're all involved. But I get his point. 
right? I mean, the idea, and don't forget, by the way, we've covered the studies talking about, but don't forget that I forget the one, at least one of the peer reviewed studies, I forget the title of it off the top of my head, but that we found that Moderna and it was like one in 6,000 and one in 3,500. Moderna was the 3,500. I, I mean, I, I, well, I don't know what 23,000 out of a million breaks down to. Let me know in the chat, but it's either way, we've, they've been caught lying. And now they're going to investigate. It's what I was just saying. Now, after we find, after we, they're exposed, I mean, this is just this is if they, the people in the media, if we're even remotely honest, would be screaming about that right now. But they know they're supposed to cover it up. Here's Toby Young. Sixty-six doctors, scientists, and clinical practitioners have written to Roy, the Royal College of Obstetricians. Obstetricians. Gosh, it's hard one to say for me. And gynecologists to call for a stop to COVID vaccination of pregnant women over serious safety concerns. Well, this is you've heard this endlessly from my show, right? Because it's right there. It's the same damn point. I'm infuriated by the fact that this stuff is still happening, that we're still baffled by flu shots. Like, this is on the record. It's obvious. And the point is the same, guys. That they, How can the COVID jab, bivalent or original, be recommended as safe for pregnant women as it is by the CDC, by everybody involved, while the documentation, like the one we just showed you, by the way, still says we don't know if that's safe. It's a pretty simple question, isn't it? But yet nobody, I mean, the point is these people don't care. These are experts who are speaking up and going, you need to stop this immediately because of not the possible concerns, but the current real world examples of safety problems that are happening after these injections. And you know why you can't dismiss it, even though they are? Because your own study as of November says, we don't know if it's safe. So when we point out problems, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because they never found out if it's safe. They pushed it on pregnant people anyway. In fact, they focused on them. Both the, e, both the Europe documents and the FDA documents say exactly the same. Unknown. Don't know. Right? The other one is more, far more clear. As it simply says, no data available regarding the use of either or any individual bivalent during pregnancy. And we'll get to the bivalent in a moment. The new study showing how exponentially more dangerous that is than anything else. You know, the one that was supposed to save you. Like all the ones before it. Well, here is exactly what is happening that they're trying to cover up, also from the high wire. But we've already talked about this, by the way. Uh, well, actually, here, I, the show, I think, was the last show or the one before last. But here's an excellent post by Scott. It breaks down the, that part from our show. Mother's vaccination status excluded from neonatal death investigation. A post which was reposted on Infowars without the source material and without the original video and without the link back to the actual Substack post. You know, because that's how you do it, right? Anyway, the point is, this is very important stuff. Mother's vaccination status excluded from neonatal death investigation. A willful example of trying not to look at the problem. It was a nurse speaking out about the babies that she's seeing in her practice. Good for the high wire for bringing her on. Internal email exposes shocking rise in NICU babies and fetal death just months after rollout. It seems as though the increase in fetal demise patients is going to continue, says the whistleblower. Right. So when they're over here going, we're now we, we're demanding you look into this because of the safety problems. The data shows they don't even know if it's safe. Well, this is what is the result of that kind of negligence, willful malfeasance. I'm a postpartum nurse. I've thought about quitting multiple times because of all the carnage that I've been seeing in March of 2021. It was about two months after the vaccines really started to roll out. 
I noticed that in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, it used to always have about 50 babies in there. And all of a sudden in March, 2021, there were 80 babies in the NICU. So that's a very high number for the NICU. Um, and then um, in April of 2021, I started noticing that there were fetal demises on the board in labor and delivery. Hmm. A fetal demise is a baby that passed away in utero, but they're usually full term. So, you know, anywhere from 32 weeks to 40 weeks, even I would look on their charts and I was noticing that a lot of these mothers had received the vaccine. What would be the average rate of, you know, stillborn um, field demise on, on your floor? When I started working there in November 2020, there used to be one or two every two or three months since March of 2021, there were one or two um, each week. We could just say, well, this is just Michelle's opinion. Uh, today, she has bravely released to us uh, an internal document, an email from that hospital system that was sent out to those working there. This went out to the staff. Good evening, everyone. Well, it seems as though the increase of demise patients that we are seeing is going to continue. <laughs> There wow. were 22 demises in August, which ties the record number of demises in July 2021. And so far in September, there have been seven, and it's only the eighth day of the month. I have to say, I feel like the, the oxygen has just been sucked out of my lungs. To read, to read that from someone that is, is as objective, I guess, as you could get, working for the system itself, it now corroborates what you're seeing with your own eyes. And for anyone that was having a question anywhere around the world now, this is a shocking, shocking email. Mm -hmm. Now, quick note on that's where oh, there we go. That that setup right there, I really like. And we, I, I, that's, I, I wanted what we're building and hoping to build in regard to Pirate Street Media, which, you know, the more support you put for TLAV and the Substack and everything we're doing, we'll, we'll go into this as well. We are going to find something like this and build this out to where we can have a kind of a studio set up like that and be able to grow from within it. And we're already speaking with other platforms about other, you know, entities out there about coming under this umbrella. And we plan to grow, guys. So get ready for it. Because I want, I, I mean, we're, we're up in our game big time. So the more support, the better, guys. But to continue, this is the kind of arguments we're getting from the corporate media that should be pointing out exactly what we are, if they were honest. Sorry, there's some kind of super delay right now on my stream yard. So here we go. All right. Rapid response needed to address spike in heart disease cases linked to COVID-19. Of course, right? Because that's the only thing we're allowed to point out. Despite even the fact that if that was even the case, which the data seems to suggest otherwise... And that's just what the peer-reviewed science will point out shows. Because I'll even argue that it does make sense to me if this is a real thing, that the spike protein would be similar. Because it is. You're basically getting on the same thing, even though it's slightly different. And that is the, the data, they say, anyway. But the bottom line is, it's been proven that the thing inside the injection is cytotoxic. It is dangerous. The Salk Institute, Bakhti was just talking about it. They just don't want to say that. But the peer-reviewed science is damn clear. But the point is, that all they want to point at is the spike protein here, not even though that does overlap with what we're pointing at in the injection, but they pretend that that's not clear. We don't know. It's undefined. Theirs, we don't know. It's unverified, right? It's the same kind of game they play everywhere. November 3rd, a Canadian heart researcher says a rapid response is needed to address the surge 
in cardiovascular cases linked to COVID-19 following recent studies that show the virus can increase a person's risk of developing heart problems. In fact, that's not actually what it shows. And I love when you can point out the study they link and show you that it's not even what they say it says. Great experts, for example. But the point is a link to COVID. Why? Well, because it happened during the same time frame. That's it. That's what it says in the discussion, except for the fact that almost all these people were injected and that doesn't matter. Or the fact that the surge in cardiovascular cases is clearly overlapping with people who are unexplainable. You know, the baffling excess death that we can't relate to COVID-19. How do you explain all that? Who cares? We'll just pretend like all that's not even in the conversation and focus on what makes you think it's only COVID. I mean, that's not my opinion. That's what this article is doing. It goes on to say, Pyle pointed to a study. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Pyle pointed to a study called Long COVID-19, and you know where I'm going with that, a primer for cardiovascular health professionals. So now the point is we're pointing to this study that, that points at an undefined problem that they think is connected, and that's the current status of Long COVID. I'll make that point yet again, despite the expert in this case saying it's the proof, even though he doesn't know that because he's wrong. I'll show it to you next pointing at long COVID and saying this thing we can't define is the reason we have cardiovascular. Or how about the fact that people get whatever they say they got, the flu or whatever COVID, whatever's there, then they get an injection, then they get sick and they call it long COVID. That's a guaranteed some of it because they're not proving it. There's no test for long COVID. They're just going, oh, you got symptoms? Well, that's long COVID because we say so. I'm not making this up. Let's continue forward. In the Canadian journal, Cardiology, published into 2021. Oh, so a 2021 post about long COVID is relevant to what's currently exploding in cardiovascular now, which states that cardiac injury has been documented in up to 45% of inpatients with COVID-19 and has been linked to worse outcomes like stroke and heart failure. What do you know? Well, how about we realize that inpatients with COVID-19 who have been injected, or rather they're told they're sick, We've already shown you on either side of this. If you get the injection, you increase your risk of getting exponentially more sick when you get whatever they say this is. And the other way around, if you have natural immunity and then you get the injection, the same thing happens in reverse. It's a different mechanism. But the point is, none of that's taken into consideration. They just go, well, they said they had COVID because PCR with the flip of the coin. And therefore, anything that happens ever in the rest of their life is long COVID, right? And that way we can easily cover up heart strokes, heart attacks, and bells, but anything else we clearly can prove is associated with the injection. In a recent U.S. study published in late September, the Smith Heart Institute, researchers found that, quote, death from heart attacks rose significantly during the pandemic surges, you know, which weirdly perfectly correlate with the injection being given because it's totally not connected, though, including the COVID-19 Omicron surges. Again, almost exactly in line with the administration of the injections and the surge that follows it. And this, interestingly, that surge perfectly correlates with the increase of heart attack. What do you know? Overall, reversing a heart healthier pre-pandemic trend. The study, which was published in the peer-reviewed Journal of Medical Virology, showed that the increase in deaths caused by a heart attack could be, quote, great start, right? Definitive could be, quote, tracked with surges of COVID-19 infection, even during the presumed less severe Omicron phase. You know what that? So the first thing an honest person will point out, well, that's weird, right? It's less severe, yet the surge is the same. <laughs> Maybe that's because the same injection was being given, right? But just because it correlates, it doesn't mean it's proof, right? But apparently they don't want to point that out because it tracks along with the surge. Therefore, it is COVID, right? This is the status of these... I mean, my God, it can't be this easy to point this stuff out. But 
the point is, here's their study. Long COVID-19. Oh, look at that from June 2021. A primer for cardiovascular health professionals. I mean, let's, let's look at what this says. It is now widely recognized that COVID-19 illness can be associated. I love that framing. Can be associated, not proven, but associated with significant inter- intermediate and potentially long-term physical limitations. Read through this whole thing and you'll see. I'll, I'll prove it next, by the way. We don't need you read this, though. You'll see their own study that makes it clear that this is not ter- proven. The term long COVID-19 is used to define any patient with persistent symptoms after COVID. That's it. That's exactly what it says. So anybody, you can have COVID and in three years have a problem. By that definition, you have long COVID. It is postulated that cardiac injury might be linked to symptoms that persist after resolution. So this is what they take and state as fact. And the expert goes, that study says for clearly this is. This is why it's so important that you look at the source material, because that is not what this says. Period. It is postulated. They're guessing. And sure, I'm like I said before, the idea of the spike protein, if that is what this is, and I still maintain, we haven't proven this is even there. But if that's what this is, well, yeah, that makes sense. There would be an overlap. So I would understand if there was heart problems associated, if it's a real thing. But far, 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 far more serious when you put an injection in your body that mass produces them and circulates all throughout your bloodstream, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Either way, this is what I've, I've shown many times. This is not everything. Right? There's plenty of other stuff, including far less intensive studies, less n- not peer-reviewed or less l- l- lot smaller observational, which is what you'll find. But there are other ones out there that do say that there is something like this. But here is a peer-reviewed gigantic study, November 8th, 2021, from the JAMA Network. I mean, that's this is the top. This is the highest level of peer-reviewed research. Association of self-reported COVID-19 infection with SARS-CoV-2 seriology. You know what it says? Cut into the chase. The findings of this cross-sectional analysis of a large population-based French cohort suggest, and it is suggest, that persistent physical symptoms after COVID infection may be associated more with the belief in having been infected than with actually being infected. Just one study. My point, though, is it's peer-reviewed research that's not being considered in the conversation. That simply points out you're probably psychosomatic, meaning it's in your head. That's pretty interesting. Okay, that's one point, first of all. Plenty of people disagree with that, even people that agree with me in the general point of this discussion. But then here's the main one. This is recent. This is as of June 2022, which is far after the post in 2021 that's saying long COVID. This is June 2022. Clues to long COVID. You know why it's that title? Because they don't know if it's there or what causes it. Scientists strive to unravel what is driving these symptoms, meaning we don't know, guys, and we still don't know, because I don't think this is even remotely connected to COVID. I think this is vaccine injury being called something else. It says that they span three continents, but a trio of researchers who've never met share a singular focus made vital by the still raging pandemic, deciphering the cause of long COVID. They still call it long COVID, by the way, the cause of long COVID and figuring out how to treat it. If they don't know the cause, then we can't prove that it's caused by COVID. That's pretty simple to break down. You can re- I, would, I did a whole segment on this. They have discussions for each one of them and what they think is causing it, what they think is behind it. The bottom line is, we don't know. That's the honest answer. And yet they'll love to tell you everything under the sun while hiding the real culprit. But here's an interesting point. Mask mandate return. This is, this is from today. Health and Human Services report wants to encourage or mandate masking to stop long COVID. 
We'll take a look at that. Let me how explain this to me, guys. How exactly does a mask stop persistent symptoms that aren't associated with being virally infectious? Right? Because they're not saying you're still sick, are they? They're just simply saying that's caused persistent symptoms, you know, like a like aches and you know, you're whatever. Or are they now implying that you're still sick for a year or forever? I mean, this has gotten, so, this is not, I don't even know if there's a word good enough to talk about how dumb this is, how cartoonish this is. Either way you look at this, guys, they're either saying you're always sick forever, so wear a mask for the rest of your life if you've ever had COVID, or the point is that they want you to wear a mask for some kind of lasting symptom that's not associated with spreading illness. How does any of this make sense? Because they just want you to wear a damn mask. Just wear the damn mask. Just take the damn injection, right? Just do what you're told, guys. Right back in the swing of things, it continues. Let's just continue to forget, though. You know, scientists studied 12 different masks, and every one of them contained this cancer-causing compound, or every other thing we've talked about. None of that matters, because just wear the damn mask. Because long COVID, you know, that we haven't proven. <laughs> it gets better every day, doesn't it? Well, here, going back to the same point, if you've had COVID-19, watch out for stroke symptoms. What about the injection? Nah, who cares about that thing that we've proven causes them? We want to hypothesize about what COVID might do and say, just watch out just in case, but ignore the injection. November 14th, Harlan Krumholz, a cardiologist at the Yale School of Medicine, says he worries about two kinds of long COVID-19. Here we are again. Yale scientist. I mean, are we, are we, is anybody disputing that this has not been defined? I mean, this is the current high-level research on science.org. They were saying, we don't know for sure. Then why in the world are all these experts speaking about this as if they know for sure? Because they're following what they think are the experts above them. The CDC, the people that just say things without proving them all the time. But he worries about two kinds of long COVID. Guess what they are? There's the obvious version where people suffer prolonged virus symptoms like fatigue and stealthier version in which people recover yet carry an added risk of blood clots and strokes. Yeah, but so, okay, so are you sick? That's never been the argument. Prolonged virus symptoms, but we to wear a mask in case of blood clots? He doesn't want to panic people. Most of us will probably be fine, but new studies confirm that some will develop an elevated risk of blood clot strokes and heart attacks. What do you know? It's almost like it's all coming from this unconfirmed idea of long COVID now. Isn't that great? These are desperate acts of criminals. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily the media or the doctors saying it. I'm talking about the driving force behind the illusion. People that are desperate to try to run from what is clearly breaking down in front of them. Now here, just by the way, is a one of the other studies that came out April 15, 2022, a gigantic Israeli study about whether or not COVID-19 causes specifically myo or pericarditis, which is heart problems, right? So this is what they're pointing at, heart attacks and strokes. That, that's one of the largest issues with what this is. And as I've shown many times, post-COVID-19 infection in this peer-reviewed gigantic study was not associated with either myocarditis or pericarditis. We did not observe an increased incident of either of them in adult patients recovering from COVID-19 infection. Well, isn't that interesting? Except here they are saying the opposite. Because, you know, trust the science. Here is Dr. Charles Hoff. As a family doctor, a small percentage of cancer patients would be diagnosed with stage four. Now, two-thirds of his cancer patients are diagnosed with stage four. So a dramatic shift from a small percentage to almost, or to what? 66% of all of their people. 
But yeah, just let's pretend like that's because lockdown, which is what they're desperate to drive in. And there are even people out there that are fighting that battle, thinking they're fighting for the truth. And I could be wrong. Maybe they're right. That I think it's pretty clear, in my opinion. But there are people out there going, people are trying to hide how the lockdowns caused all this. I, maybe that's a, maybe that's a psyop in and of itself. The point is they're trying to hide the vaccine side effects as if the lockdown caused everything. But I'll make that point again in a minute about how it can't be undefined, baffling, unexplained death if it was a lockdown problem. Because you would see a problem, right? So here he is talking about the cancer situation. Well, don't forget, we just talked about, uh, where was it? Son of a gun. Where we were just talking about the 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 cancer. Oh well, you guys remember. <laughs> I have so many things pushed together here. She wanted to say hi. Or not. Okay, I'm sorry guys. My my stream yard is is not working properly right now. Something's wrong. Can you guys still hear me? Let me know in the chat. As a family doctor, um, over the years, you know, a, a small percentage of the new cancer diagnoses would, would unfortunately be stage four at first diagnosis. But in my practice now, it's approximately two-thirds of all cancer diagnoses since the VAX rollout um, are stage four. And so, you know, pathologists um, around the world have noticed this, that unfortunately now the people who had previous cancers, who were, which were in remission, um, are flaring up. All right. I don't, I don't know what just happened, guys. I just had to restart everything over and just lost everything I had going. But let's continue because I'm not going to give up just because whatever just happened. <laughs> I just never ends, does it? I mean, there's just no it's, glitches happen. But come on. I mean, there's so much going on these days that's just unbelievable. Could be glitches. Who knows? Now, I have to, now I'm going to have to find every single clip before we play it because I had it all lined up. See, it's what happens when I do my due diligence and get everything ready. Here is the clip we're going to play right now. Let's see if it plays. As a family doctor, um, over the years, you know, a, a small percentage of the new cancer diagnoses would, would unfortunately be stage four at first diagnosis. But in my practice now, it's approximately two-thirds. Of all cancer diagnoses since the VAX rollout um, are stage four. And so... 
you know, pathologists um, around the world have noticed this, that unfortunately now the people who had previous cancers, who were, which were in remission, um, are flaring up since their shots because of the damage to their immune system by the COVID shots. But new cancers being diagnosed, the tumors are bigger than ever. They, they seem to grow very aggressively, spread very aggressively, and um, be very resistant to treatment. So this has been nicknamed turbo cancer. So this is tragic. It is absolutely tragic that people were, were given these shots to keep them safe, and, and it is just devastating what this is doing. It's just so damn sad. There's so many experts and so many doctors and so many people coming out and pointing this stuff out, using evidence, using peer-reviewed science. You're, you're right. You've always been right. This is obvious. Here's what they're saying. COVID's collateral cancer catastrophe. See my point? Experts blame knock-on effects of the pandemic for hundreds of excess tumor deaths each week. Right. It has to be only the one thing we're not, you know, know, the thing that can clearly cause cancer, we're not going to point at though, right? I don't even know what to say anymore, I wrote. Does anyone not see how ridiculous this is? And I'm not even saying anyone, anyone knows for sure that all of these are due to one cause, but ignoring the syringe-shaped elephant in the room and its correlation is just cartoonishly stupid at this point. Anybody who's honest can see that. It's like willful ignorance to what is absolutely possible. And that's simple, that's it. It's just, it's, it is really frustrating. Now, here's my point from before. Here's per- Professor Carl Sikora saying, people are going to great lengths to deny the impacts of lockdowns, which I agree with in one part, though, and associated intense fear-based messaging on the plunges in cancer diagnosis numbers. Lockdowns had consequences, many far-reaching and brutal. My piece in the lockdown cancer wave, right? Now, I agree overall. Here's the actual article. We'll get to in a second. That there is a, you know, that this had an effect. And that's something they previously tried to censor and hide from, that lockdowns were saving everybody. But clearly we all see that's a lie, by the way, even though they're planning to do them again, which is incredible. The point, though, is that he, it seems as if we want to couch everything in that. And they're, they're willing to take that one and say, yeah, we got that one wrong. But it's not the real culprit here, guys. That's what I think we need to see. Because COVID vaccines, I've shown many times, are very clearly associated with cancer. Please do go. I've done entire shows on it. Read through this from Swiss Policy Research. The bottom line is that in this study, over 50% of vaccinees induce what they call lymphocytopenia, which is a dysregulation of the immune system, which is creating an exacerbation of these problems in one part. That's important. So what we need to see going forward is this random dude points out, ethical skeptic, in examining the abnormal clinical and lab Binding mortality, we find 39,000 deaths related to sudden adult death syndrome, meaning we don't know what caused it. That's what that means. Still concealed by the CDC. So the CDC is now concealing adult deaths that we can't explain. Tell me why that happens. The average age of death is 49, contrasting sharply with both the historical and COVID average age of 82. Something indeed is up. And... As Matt Hancock lied to Parliament, he claimed he'd ordered a vitamin D trial and it did not appear to have any impact. 
However, it turns out they never even ordered the trial. And now studies show it reduces the severity of COVID. Now, maybe, just maybe, that's one of the reasons why we see a problem here. It's not just lockdown. Maybe it's the fact these people weren't treated properly. Like, all of these things we're talking about, they hid this from you. You know why? Because it very clearly has an effect in regard to what we're dealing with. Georgia defendants also were told to stop selling vitamin D products as treatments for COVID-19. We've talked about all of this. They went out of their way to try to hide this from everybody, guys. Now, Unheard points out there have been huge rises in numbers of people dying from causes unrelated to the virus, accelerating throughout the year and showing no signs of slowing down. Now, if you just heard that, you'd think, well, yeah, because that's, but it's being framed around the lockdown cancer wave has only just begun. The underreported story of the entire pandemic is excess deaths. I agree with that, 100%. Not from COVID, but from other health conditions, which were so brutally pushed to one side. But that's not the full picture. I find that impossible to believe that's even the majority. But some of it, for sure. But the problem is that there is obvious things being swept up in that. And the problem is you can't say sudden adult death syndrome, meaning we can't find a cause, that, that an unknown cause was exacerbated by a lockdown, right? If there's no provable cause then you can't claim that. And that's what the biggest portion of the excess death is. And it says, uh, it says uh, there have been huge rises in the number of people dying from causes unrelated to the virus. Exactly. Accelerating throughout the year and showing no signs of slowing down. To begin with, it was driven by diabetes, cardiac issues, and a handful of other concerns. Yeah, cardiac issues. But recently, the number of people dying from cancer is starting to increase considerably above what is expected. And all of this makes sense if you just look at the full picture as ethical skeptic also points out, simply put, 400,000 have died of something which is not COVID, not long COVID, nor overdose, accident, or suicide. When we examine where those people are dying, they tend to be in U.S. countries where vaccination rates are higher. A relationship which did not exist for 2020 and 2021 COVID. The point is it's undeniable if you just care to look at all the data. This senator points out cardiac presentations to SA Hospital aged 15 to 44 doubled as the jab was rolled out. Another safety signal ignored for too long. That's what we're looking at here, guys. Here's the defender from today. Massachusetts death certificates show excess mortality could be linked to COVID vaccines. After analyzing more than seven years of Massachusetts death certificates, independent investigator John Boudin Sr. uncovered evidence that thousands of deaths in 2021 may have been linked to COVID-19 vaccines. It says his findings demonstrate that the COVID-19 death toll in Massachusetts was largely confined to a short window of time in 2020 and that COVID-19 deaths in 2020 resulted from pulmonary causes in contrast to COVID-19 deaths in 2021. Wasn't that interesting? Which were more closely linked to illnesses of the heart and blood. As they write, there is no reasonable way to explain how SARS-CoV-2 dramatically changed its way it attacks and kills human beings if that's the case, and why it did so at precisely the time the experimental mRNA inoculations were deployed. That is called willful ignorance to hide from what is actually happening. Now, here's the clip I was starting to play before about my Dr. McCullough. Peter, I always think it sounds too close to Mercola, so it's clear, Dr. Peter McCullough. Our government agencies are involved in a biological safety cover-up of death after COVID vaccination. I agree completely. Oh yeah, forgot I have to grab the clip again. Hold on. Because they want to slow me down. Um, I think that was the one. <laughs> Frustrating. Let me see. 
FDA, our government agencies, and I want everyone to understand this, our government agencies are involved in a biological safety cover-up of death after COVID-19 vaccination. Some of it's due to fatal myocarditis, some of it's fatal blood clots, some of it's just fatal allergic reactions. Most of the deaths occur within a couple days of taking the, 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 the injection. So it's like these two boys die in Connecticut. It's within a couple days. Ernesto Ramirez. So there's a father. He's a truck driver. He's a single father. He's got a 16-year-old boy. He doesn't know. He's afraid of COVID. He's not sure what to do. There's all this messaging. So what does he do? He takes the father, takes the shot first to make sure it's safe. And he has a sore arm and he's otherwise okay. Then he tells this 16-year-old boy, go ahead and take the shot. 16-year-old boy takes a shot, dies of myocarditis. They had me review the autopsy. He got an autopsy. It's fatal myocarditis. And you know what he did? The father did? He went out to tell America that this can happen. And my son clearly died of the vaccine. He was offered money to shut up. He'll tell the story. And I think Americans should hear the story. We are involved in a cover-up. Just like the FDA is trying to cover up the Pfizer deaths, there is a cover-up of all the people dying after the vaccine, one by one by one. Oh, there's problems in the manufacturer. Oops, sorry guys. Yeah, I'm seeing the text now. My, my mic was muted there. Uh, I was saying, uh, let's see. Yeah, I was trying to remember what I said. <laughs> but b- bottom line was after the clip, essentially, just this is it's obvious this is happening, and it's obviously why people like him aren't allowed to speak publicly and on Twitter and anywhere else, right? But then the point was, here is a, a clip from Refuge of Sinners, manufacturing of the mRNA vaccines. And the point was, there's people that dispute the lots, essentially all, all I was saying, the lots, whether or not they're more dangerous. But it seems to make a lot of sense the way they describe this. It seems a little rudimentary, but they all seem to agree. Dr. Ryan Cole's in this clip. Just listen to it for yourself. Manufacturing. And uh, we know there's problems in the manufacturing. And uh, I had explained uh, once before on how this works. I mean, and, and all mothers and, and fathers who are making soup in the kitchen know what happens when there's fat in water. Uh, you know, and lipid means fat. Lipid nanoparticles tend to separate in whatever concoction they're floating around in. And the problem that, that, we, that has been described to me is that there, it's created in these big vats. And you were talking about the integrity of the mRNA. Well, you can't shake the vats. You can't store the vats, you know, stir the vats because the mRNA integrity is is disrupted by that. So you get all these pieces and particles. um, And they I think that the the base level of pieces and particles, they want to have 
I think it's 50%. If they got to 50%, you know, coherent in the mRNA, they were okay. They would approve the batches. But the other thing that happens just in the process uh, is that there's this little separation and clumping of the fats, the lipids. And so we know they rise to the top in the, you know, in the pot on the stove. Same thing happens. Well, the, the vials are coming through at the bottom. So you get very different concentrations. This is what I understand as those vials are filled and as that vat is empty. So it could be very little at the beginning and it could be very strong at the top. And just so just in a single process, you get a huge variety of, um, you know, of, of concentration of the mRNA particles. It's very different from the top of the vat to the bottom of the vat. Pretty, that's pretty interesting. That's for the podcast. That's Warner Mendenhall. Yeah, I, I just I, there's so much of this that we don't that nobody even gets into, you know. And it's so it seems it all seems to add up about why these things are pretty dangerous. Like, and I'm not these are just things that we should consider on top of what we've proven makes these things dangerous. Now, after all we just talked about, and, and after everything we've proven throughout the different shows since the beginning of all this, as of November 16th, here's what Biden says. This fall, for the sake of your health and the health of your loved ones, get your updated COVID shot. You know, the bivalent one he's talking about and your flu shot because, you know, they're safe together. Right. Five times August says, shut up, old man. (laughs) I agree. The point here is that this is so incredibly unscientific, so incredibly false. Even if you believe it's somewhere in the middle and not what I'm saying, that's not true. What he's saying right there is not true. He's not being censored. I said, my God, get this guy some of the science. He claims to trust it, right? <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't care. Well, before we go on to showing you the new science that he doesn't care about, it shows you how dangerous more so the bivalent shot is, or at the very least, less effective, on top of all the same side effects from the same problem. Here is, I'm just going to read you one line from this. Now, I was going to read you through this whole thing, but this is just so bad. This is this is a, a, a supposedly a peer-reviewed st- study. It's basically a, a novel written about how dumb people are for not doing what you're told. COVID-19 vaccines and the misinterpretation of perceived side effects, clarity on the safety of vaccines. Like you just heard these experts speaking, experts with highly credentialed experts with degrees in exactly these kind of fields who are telling you these are side effects being caused by the injection, like Boxy, right? This is biomedicine Taipei saying... Or read the whole thing, but just read this one sentence to get the gist of what they're getting at here. Fear-mongering and misinformation being peddled by people with no scientific training to terrorize people into staying unvaccinated. That's the totally objective framing when we get from people that are going to go on and just screech for all these art- these paragraphs about why there's no such thing as problems here. It's just a bunch of unvaxed anti-vaxxers scaring people. I can't, seriously? I mean, this is just unreal. Fear-mongering and misinformation peddled by no people with no scientific training. So Dr. Peter McCullough, you know, the, the most posted in his field, no scientific training. Dr. Ryan Cole, Dr. Bhakti, Dr. Every single person we've talked to. I mean, really? How do they even get away with something like that? How is that peer-reviewed? It's insulting. Well, here's Dr. Claire Craig pointing out a quarter of healthcare workers were unable to work after their bivalent vaccine. Now, I argue that's the that's the... The lesser part of this, that is true, though. This is November 8th. This is specifically done on the bivalent, the one that Biden just told you to get, because better, keep you safe, right? Adverse reactions and inability to work. 
Here's what it says. In the light of emerging SARS-CoV-2 variants of concern, bivalent COVID vaccines combining the wild type spike mRNA with an Omicron variant of concern, BA1 or BA4, 5 spike. See my point? I told you guys this. See, everyone floating the idea that this was three things, but it wasn't really. It was a combination effort. It's two. That's why it's bivalent. But yet all the media that can't apparently count on their hand call it. Anyway, you guys who watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. The idea that this is all three things. It's not really the full picture. We read the scientific studies. Anyway, the point was they had four or five and they had effects with the other, but the point is we're seeing that's not even reality. Combining those things become available. This non-randomized controlled study, which is important, examined adverse reactions, PRN or, or uh, uh, as needed medications intake and inability to work after a fourth COVID vaccination among 76 healthcare workers. As fourth dose, and they just list, you know, all the different kinds, original, mono, bivalent, was administered. The rate of adverse reactions for the second booster dose, not the bivalent, but the second booster, which is so strange and confusing for people that are being told after their first just to go get the other one or whatever. Or maybe they got three and then, you know, it's just, it, none of this adds up. And I think it's meant to be confusing. But after the second booster dose, and it was significantly higher among participants receiving the bivalent. Let me read that again. The rate of adverse events, you know, the problems, potential blood clots, heart attacks, or normal small things, but the full range, the rate of general adverse events, which includes serious adverse events, for the second booster dose, see, this is why I meant it was confusing, right? So people were able to get the other one, but apparently somebody's able to get one and then go get the bivalent, even though they're being told you have to get the first two to get the third, but apparently it doesn't matter. So some of these people got the second dose as the bivalent, and what it says is the adverse events were higher among those by 84%. 84.6%. Let me just read the sentence. The rate of adverse reactions for the second booster dose was significantly higher among participants receiving the bivalent, 84.6%, compared to the monovalent, 51.4%. 84.6%. I mean, that's, that's I mean, what? More 30% increase? I mean, my God, and that's supposed to be the better one. I, it's more than 32, whatever. But the point is, guys, this is unreal. This is obvious, provable evidence. Yes, it's a preprint, but there's more out there. No one's talking about this that shows you the bivalent makes you, uh, it's worse. And we know these things don't stop transmission. We know that it's already been shown this thing is not any better in regard to what they claim is effectiveness. This is side effects. It says there was a trend towards an increased rate of inability to work and more needing of other medications following the bivalent specifically. It's worse in every way. But this is going to save you because Biden said 76 healthcare workers received a fourth dose of COVID-19 vaccination between the August 13th and 14th of 2022. Bivalent vaccinated participants further reported higher rates of adverse reactions in all subcategories. <laughs> in every possible category, it was worse after the bivalent. It's weird they're not talking about that though, right? and numerically higher rates of workability restrictions in the bivalent group. Everything about it, not at the very best, not any better efficacious or eff efficacy. I argue it's that's just a game they're playing. And it's worse in every possible way and all the same side effects and everything else, which, which by the way, they sell to you as a positive. It's the same as the other one. <laughs> Great. Our study focused on a direct comparison between the monovalent BNT162B2 and the corresponding bivalent vaccine. And all they say, 
This is, this is the discussion. This is the final conclusion. After everything they just listed off, their finding is more studies are needed. You know why? Because they know if they say this thing's worse, they'll lose their funding. So all they simply go is, well, you know, maybe it's wrong. More studies are needed after we found out this thing's worse. Which, yeah, they're always more needed. But the point is there's no conclusion. It just simply says more studies are needed. Well, here's Dr. Jaw. He literally says we can prevent every COVID death in America if everybody gets, guess what? Their updated booster. Right. First of all, COVID deaths are dramatically almost non-existent today in most every category. Just like the flu, they happen. But the reality is this is no longer a problem if it ever was. I don't believe it was based on everything we can see. It was the flu. Maybe it really was the flu. At the very least, it was no worse than the flu. But he's telling you to get the thing we just looked at that's showing you worse side effects, worse problems, same same long-term blood clots, heart attack risk. But we can avoid the deaths that are barely happening when we give children the thing that causes them to have myocarditis. Like this, we don't, who cares all the deaths that happen after vaccination because we're not even talking about that. An important part of the conversation we have in the days and weeks ahead. Because here's what we know. If folks get their updated vaccines and they get treated, they have a breakthrough infection, we can prevent essentially every COVID death in America. He's clearly reading, too. Like, you can't speak off the cuff about this, you know? And we're, we're talking about breakthrough infections. We're talking about people that have injections and then get sick still. Like, they're not even... T- and vaccinated doesn't even count anymore. They're not even bringing that into the conversation. You know why? Because we're proving them wrong with every moment we exist. That is a remarkable fact two and a half years after we found this virus first in our country. But it's going to take all of us to make that happen. So please, don't wait... Get your COVID shot. Get your flu shot. That's why God gave you two arms. You can one in each arm if you want. Oh, I have a clip. I have that clip later on too. My, th- think about how stupid that statement is. Like we're three years old. God gave you two arms so you can get both these shots that we don't know are safe together. That's what he's saying. I'll come back to the flu point. You know where I'm going. Same point as before. But guess what though? Here, we'll give you some gift cards and groceries as long as you get this dangerous shot. Still happening. Why would you bribe people at a point when everyone's been offered, when this is less dangerous than it's ever been, according to their narrative? Because they're desperate. Anybody can see that. Now, this is just a point back to the beginning, or rather 2021. As Emmy points out, in Taiwan, vaccine deaths exceeded COVID deaths. This was reported a while ago. It's much likely higher now. Also keep in mind how much they inflate the COVID death count. All that's true. I just wanted to point out that we talked about this back when uh, October 12th, 2021. Like most things, Taiwan death reports after injection outnumber COVID deaths. But why wasn't that important? Because it showed you they were lying. They showed you there was a problem all the way back then. But the interesting part about this is clearly it is worse. It is getting, there's a lot of examples of how problematic all of this is. They're running desperately. That's the overarching point from all of this. But here's how concerning this gets, guys. This is, and this is somebody speaking from Canada in regard to what the, the, the meeting they just had about how they're talking about mandating psychiatric medication for those that refuse mRNA injections of any kind of vaccination, including the flu ones that they're working on now. Right? So you don't have a choice anymore. You must be crazy if you don't realize how this is for you, even though they're ignoring all the side effects and not exactly. I mean, this is real and don't forget that in the uk they wrote legislation that discussed that people that had covid might actually have some kind of lasting mental issue 
We talked about that a long time ago. Some of this is going to play in, I promise you, about people that are anti-vaxxers and whether they got... I think the point of that early legislation was because they expected people that got the injections not to get COVID. That didn't work out. Or, you know, that's just a guess. But here we are talking about this exact problem. And this is coming to us, I believe, based on what... I mean, everything you can see. There is a definite assault against the unvaccinated. And you've talked about how uh, even th- they recommend, you know, perhaps psychiatric medication or something for people that don't want to take a vaccine. So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. The college sent out a, a letter or a memo to all the doctors. Oh, sorry. I thought it was a meeting. I must be remembering a different clip. But either way, so he's, t- he's talking about what they're, they've put out and released. In Ontario suggesting to them now so far they're not mandating it they're just suggesting it that any of their unvaccinated patients that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication so far it's just a suggestion yeah but it's much more than that even the idea that that can be floated is unbelievable because that means that these doctors are not aware of the reality which makes them i mean at the very least not good at their job or they know and don't care. And he, he, I mean, maybe, but guess what? Maybe they won't even need to do that because Australia intends to vax all of its cattle by the end of the year with mRNA. I keep showing you all this stuff. It will be in the milk and the cheese. And this has been shown to be the reality, guys. Bill Gates wants to get into plants as well as uh, Jacinta or Arden. Oh, from uh, New Zealand threatened to put it in the water supply if enough people did not take the shot. Now, I can't verify the second that she said that. But the point is, it wouldn't surprise me. My point was that they're putting it in the food and or rather injecting them with things that have been shown to translate into their bodies, just like it does with yours. That, I, I honestly don't think the mRNA is the real point. Either way, though, that's alarming because they who knows what the long term effects will be. They don't know. Jason Freeman points out this is a terrifying prospect that must not be allowed to happen. They're talking about this right now. This is Brindle saying we are going to have our food species loaded up with their message or RNA vaccines. Same point. Now here, just an example of how this continues to happen and it had happened before and it will continue to happen afterward. This is what they do to people in the military. This is where it used to always happen. It used to happen in regard to the testing, but nowadays it seems to happen to you first. Either way, simultaneous forced injections in the military. Nothing is okay about this. incredible isn't it incredible that a culture that that is just obsessed and and rightly so that it's something we should care about with the idea of of rape and consent and all this stuff about women and here's a woman literally being raped in the arm by these shots and i don't say that lightly i mean that's that is violating you're being violated why does that not matter to these people 
I mean, look at what she's being for. I don't care. I mean, you join the military. So there is some level of, of accountability for involving, but people get confused. They get manipulated by the promotions and so on, get sold in their high schools. The point is that she's being forced right there. Two shots simultaneously, which I can guarantee you haven't been tested alongside each other. That's the fact. This is the world we live in. Here's a reminder of what they told you, what they said to you, if you dared suggest that you had a choice. As it says, good morning, unvaccinated. A friendly reminder that you are awesome because you refuse to be intimidated and bullied. Oh, and being right doesn't hurt either. get the point it's just such hate unjustified vitriol towards anybody who didn't do what they were supposed to do i mean think of what kind of gross people would hate somebody i mean cowards followers it's sad it really is now here's what claire craig points out as well it was a media smear campaign that deliberately redefined quote the unvaccinated as the culprits of the pandemic but guess what the, the graph they're using down here, this is from uh, this German post. The black bars show COVID cases, in quotes, in Hamburg, where vaccination status was not asked. They were transformed into red, as you can see here, as unvaccinated for publication. Think about that lie, guys. That's gigantic. And they don't know. Now, it certainly could be. But the point was it didn't matter, did it? It was just about the narrative they knew they were going to sell you on. That's why the unvaccinated problem, the pandemic of the unvaccinated fell flat because the data, the facts, the people questioning them broke apart their flimsy house of cards immediately. And that's why they censored the data. Oh, we can't show you anymore on Scotland. Oh, we can't show you anymore in UK. Oh, we can't show you the data on Ontario. Oh, we can't show you the data in South New South Wales. Weird how everyone that we kept finding that showed the real oh, censor, 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 because you don't understand. Except we did, didn't we? And we're seeing that now. Here is an interesting example I was pointing out before. Palau, a COVID success story. It says, luckily, Palau is in the middle of nowhere. So keeping COVID out with stricter border controls, zealous testing, and all the other silly, oh, excuse me, social distancing measures ensured they had not one single COVID case before becoming one of the first countries in the world to start their, quote, vaccination campaign, as enthusiastically reported by CNN. Already free of coronavirus, this is on 2021, January, this Pacific Islands country could become the first in the world to be vaccinated. But then a tourist from Guam tested positive May 2021, which was weird because according to the government, quote, the person had arrived in the country from Guam on May 9th, fully vaccinated, had two negative PCR tests, 
prior to boarding the flight. The person also tested negative three times, but tested positive on day 21 of quarantine. You want to explain that? As they wrote, I mean, seriously, <laughs> double jab, double tested before boarding. I bet they were, wore two freaking masks as well. Then four more tests and three weeks of quarantine to finally test positive. Is it just me or is there something not quite right here? I agree with you, man. Anyway, it says undeterred by this anomaly, Palau forged ahead with its own jabbing campaign, gleefully attaining its position in the very highest echelons of world jabbers. This feat was, art, was achieved with the generous support of the U.S. Operation Warp Speed. By mid-October 2021, 99% of the entire Palau population of 18,000 or so aged 12 or over were jabbed. In spite of this vaccination success story, less than three months later, Palau had its first major COVID outbreak, registering almost 4,000 cases, more of 20% of the population, six died. Now, right there, that destroys their argument. First of all, how somebody can be told they're not sick, be told they're tested all these times and then suddenly get sick at a place where nothing exists, apparently. But on top of that, have 99% of the population injected and then have an outbreak. What are you blaming at this point? It's an island. It's like the examples of the ships going out with everything tested and nobody's sick, all the quarantines, and then somehow having an outbreak in the middle of the ocean. We're being lied to, and it's so plainly obvious. It gets better. Even more strange is that when Palau finally dropped its requirement, for a negative PCR test or a proof of COVID recovery on an entry, rather than cases exploding, they magically disappeared. Completely. It's almost as if you don't know you've got COVID in most cases, you know, unless you test for it. That classic joke from the beginning. The virus is so dangerous, you don't know you got it until you test for it. But they still insist that you're jabbed or you can't come in now as of 2022. On the other hand, neighboring Papua New Guinea, with virtually no one at all vaccinated, is a COVID disaster waiting to happen, according to News Website of the Year, The Guardian, also citing the Red Cross. Experts warn Papua New Guinea is, right? Strangely, neither the Red Cross, The Guardian, nor any other mainstream media, for that matter, has commented on the fact that, per capita basis, on the same relative scale as Palau that they use, COVID is imperceptible in Papua New Guinea. Look at that. I guess that just doesn't matter because it doesn't go along with the narrative like we ignore Sweden, right? Which is weird, they say. But don't worry. Palau is leading the agenda for net zero carbon. Perhaps they'll have better luck next time. As it finishes, apologies for the misleading title and subtitle. I started off my researching evidence to support what all the media is reporting about Pacific poster child Palau and forgot to completely change the narrative when there was none at all. He's being funny. And then the last joke, immigration officer. You can't come in because you aren't vaccinated, he says. But a fully vaccinated person came in and spread COVID to more than one-fifth of the island who are also all fully vaccinated. Immigration officer, it would have been much worse. I'll get my bags. <laughs> you got to love it, right? They're unva- I mean, yeah, fully vaccinated, 99%. They all get sick. He got in with fully vaccination and tests. They still got sick, but that would have been worse, though, right? Well, guess what? At G20, the pandemic fund will be officially launched. This was on the... 14th, which G20 has already happened, based by, uh, backed by the World Bank and 194 nations, it secures the implementation of the pandemic treaty, which will take sovereignty from countries and place it in the hands of unelected globalists, which is exactly the point. Now, finishing this last segment off, Harvard requiring COVID boosters and flu shots. I'm skipping the videos just to save time here, guys, but the point is that's still happening. Same point as the pregnant example. They don't know if it's safe. Same point. 
CVS, Walgreens, giving you discounts. Get them at the same time. Dr. Jaw says two arms, do them at the same time. God gave you two arms. Then why didn't he tell people, but why you do that, though? Make sure you understand that our current data says there's no information on the co-administration of these injections, bivalent or otherwise, with any vaccine. But do it, though, because God gave you two arms. Really? Please, somebody out there, pick this up and make this bigger so people can realize how stupidly obvious this is. I can't believe how ridiculous this is, and they're pushing it. Here he is saying it. Get them both at the same time. The White House COVID response director. Is he unaware of the data, or does he not care? You can choose. The absolute state of this indoctrination from the corporate media, they're talking about the fact that flu is building. Flu is the problem, right? I did, and the reason I wanted to say this is because my, my elder daughter is in hospital at the moment on a drip. She's been there, well, she's been desperately ill really since Wednesday, it's now Monday. Um, she's been on a drip since Thursday night. She has, guess what, flu. Okay, well, there's a few points to make here. So she's super sick with the flu. Okay, well, then doesn't that mean that the super sick we were pointing out before could have also been the flu? No, because COVID is way worse. Well, what you're pointing at is way worse than most people get the flu. Now, I've always pointed out that there have always been severe cases of the flu, but we never wanted to put this together. But now they're going, well, now we're having severe cases of the flu, even though it vanished in the last two years. Okay, or maybe it's the same thing it's always been, and we're just now calling it the flu again, right? Or how about it's way worse because whatever they did to the world has made all these things suddenly explode. Monkeypox is nothing like it was before. RSV is nothing like it was before, but it's all because COVID, though, or something else. Either way, they're hyping the flu, RSV, and whatever else they could point at, and tridemic, and even if COVID's not bad, it's going to be worse. They're just telling you it's going to be worse because they're going to make it worse because they're going to tell you it's worse. I mean, this is incredible. As they point out here, thousands of Quebec students are out sick right now. And as Link points out, surely can't have anything to do with the unknown substance injected into them that's proven to destroy the immune system. No, no, no. That's fake news. That can't be possible, despite all the peer-reviewed science that literally says that can do that. But we'll just pretend like it's unknown, is which is exactly what they're doing. A baffling issue of unexplainable. Well, they want to call it RSV, flu, COVID-19, whatever they want to blame it on something that they can use other than the obvious thing causing. I mean, here the point he makes there is even if it is something you could easily point out that the injection destroyed their immune system. But they're all hyping the triple-demic or the tridemic or Delmacron or Delmacron. All the different names they all spit. They just make up their own names. <laughs> but it's navigating COVID-19 flu RSV ahead of the holiday season. They're hyping it up, guys. They're hyping up the triple-demic. The point, though, well, I was just gonna. This one's the same. NB, this NBC is talking about the same thing, as you can see here. Triple demic fears mount. Why? Because you guys are screaming about it. Nobody's actually afraid of the same things they dealt with before. People, you're telling them they've been injected, so they're supposed to be safe against the other thing, right? Even though it's not true. The point is that this is just hype. They want you to be scared. NBC suggests parents shouldn't interact with unvaccinated individuals to protect their kids, and we're dividing people. You are literally creating a two-tier system based on medical procedures. This is just crazy. And the point is, don't interact with them again, just like we saw during COVID. But remember, guys, I was even going to go back to the Wayback Machine because I almost assumed that the CDC would hype the risk now. But this is the homepage right now about RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. 
or RSV, is a common respiratory virus that usually causes mild cold-like symptoms, period. Most people recover in a week or two, but it does say it can be serious for children. They're the most at risk and older adults. That's true. But that, that first statement applies to everybody. Children, elderly, anybody. The vast, vast, vast majority are benign. And that's what uh, Leah Dundas was holding, yelling at the at the council about, because that's the truth. So if it is much more dangerous, does anybody care why? It's not just, well, because lockdown, it's a clumsy answer. No one's proven that if that's even the case. Sure, it has an effect, but are we really going to pretend that everything's just different because of that? That somehow because of a month, so many months of lockdown, if they even abided by that, it's, that they just they're just ripped apart by it that's not how these things work that's not how antibodies work the bottom line is most people do not get sick from this but suddenly it's spreading through the country and everyone's in the hospital not buying it and don't forget on top of that even if it is happening as the highwire pointed out and here's dodge seeds pointing out on their own page right this is their documentation guys cumulative analysis of post-authorization adverse event reports so that's what they're pointing at it shows you very clearly respiratory syncytial virus as one of the side effects of the injection. I don't care if it's 0.1%. I think it's actually 0.3. They said it increased. The point is it increases your risk of the thing they're pointing at and nobody points that out because you're not supposed to. Well, all this being said, it should be telling as they hype up the new future risks that Bill Gates literally just talked about death panels that will soon be required at G20 because it's all about our well-being, right? Said Fred, Fred points out, right? Unelected work, world health czar Bill Gates has used his appearance at G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia to raise a discussion about death panels. According to Gates, death panels will be necessary in the near future in order to end the lives of sick and unwell people due to very, very high medical costs. Yeah, and why would that be? Very, very avoidable. Here's the actual clip, if you want to listen to it, where he literally talks about the death panels and how seriously old people will need this because medical costs. And that's some manufactured problem. It Entirely. Even before COVID, you could point out the insurance scam about how they work together to increase these prices when that's not even supposed to be legally the way it works. My point from before, this is the whole point about the tweets, right? Like all these are not just because I only looked at them and shared them. It's because we look into this stuff. But Bloomberg points out, but all this pandemonium may be a dress rehearsal for future chaos. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge. It's coming, right? It's going to, good thing we've learned that lockdowns and masks save lives. That's what this is supposed to be saying. I'm not even making that. Read it for yourself. Just a dress rehearsal. Now we know what to do. <laughs> These people, I don't. it's almost like they don't even realize that we're all seeing right through them. And RFK points out, during the 2022 legislative session, National Vaccine Information Center analyzed, tracked, and issued positions on an unprecedented 875 vaccine-related bills in 44 states and District of Columbia. Do your best to make that a partisan thing, guys. 44 states. That's both sides, right? 875 vaccine-related bills, because that's your future. It's happening right now. Unreal. Now, let's jump over and see if we can get through the rest of this before I pass out. 
But we're good. Three and a half, maybe four, maybe four. Let's see if we can get this done. Now, the point here, guys, is it's just undeniable, isn't it? This is one show. I mean, just the evidence, just in the show, it's enough. It's enough to show that people are being deceived. But to finish on where this is going, because I really do think this is the most concerning part, at least to me. I mean, the where this is being built or how this is being built is very concerning to me. And let's start with the point of not deep, not deep discussion uh, with climate change. I do plan on doing, well, I'll say that in a second, actually. So here is something that was shared, shared with me by Dane, Dane Wigginton, who I just had an interview with, which I'll show you next. The White House admits it. Yet again, another conspiracy theory turned conspiracy fact, even though it's been proven 40,000 times over for a long time now. The White House admits it. We might need to block the sun to stop climate change. Right? Weren't you 30 seconds ago saying it was global cooling? Like, these people are crazy. Like, this is gambling with hu- the human species at this point. I mean, even if you think that's the right move, couldn't they make a mistake and, you know, accidentally blow out the sun? Well, don't worry, because China's working on a, a, a reactor that works in the sun, and the U.S. is too. Yeah, that's exactly where this seems to be going. I'm not making that up, by the way. China put that up in the sky not too long ago. You probably saw it. Talking about a, a, a reactor that would basically work as an artificial sun. <laughs> That's what they're building into, something they can control from every single possible angle. The point, though, guys, is this has been something they've dismissed forever and it has always been going on. They've been theorizing about this for a long time. I discussed all of this with my interview with Dane. And we pointed out some of it this morning on and Wake Up, Harvard's program. Actually, I think I'll just bring it up since I, since I referenced it. Let's see right here. I mean, this kind of stuff has been publicly posted forever. Right, we have the you know Brandon on the CFR speaking about how they could do it. Their fact check is he didn't say he's doing it; he said he could do it. Well, fine, you're saying he could do something that you're out otherwise saying is fake news. If he could do it, then it's obviously real. You know, see, they don't even realize how dumb that all look. Here, this is Harvard's Solar Geoengineering Research Program, stratospheric aerosol injection. That's what we're talking. That's geoengineering, and costs in the first 15 years of deployment. Yeah, fake news. I mean, my God, this stuff is obvious, but the point is, and please watch this interview. It was really interesting that there's some, there's a lot of interesting overlaps. There are things that I'm very skeptical about that I even, we we, we talked about in the show, Uh, things that seem to align very concerningly with the same direction that they're pointing at. However, what is main crux of the interview, the discussion is, is their solution is the problem. Their decade, or excuse me, their century of geoengineering is what caused the poor, the things they're pointing at. And ultimately, that they are then going to proposing the same thing. So that's the problem. That their great reset, their green revolution, all that is exactly the, la- the as I asked them, that's the very first thing we should stand against. Now, you could disagree with his stance on certain things, and that's fair. But it's pretty clear that this does make a lot of sense. But I've invited James Corbett on next week to talk about that because apparently their their opinions are very closely aligned but corbett differs a little bit on the carbon part of it so I, i'm not the expert so i want to have them on to kind of counterbalance it but i i find dane to be very intelligent and what he's talking about here is hard to deny geoengineering and climate change gambling with the human species now shout out again to the last the Substack that scott is uh, managing and editing geoengineering the real climate crisis it's interesting it's the same we go it goes over the same this the discussion we just had the point, though, is that this is what they're pushing, right? We may need to dim the skies because climate change. Meanwhile, as Ivor Collins points out, as they giggle about bringing in digital vaccines or vaccine passports and travel permits for the common people, 
guess what they're doing? Global leaders eating Wagyu and fish at G20 in Indonesia while discussing how they can reduce the population's intake of meat and fish. Right, because this is not for them. It's for you. You're the problem. Or rather, just you're the one they need to control. So let's talk about reducing meat consumption and serve Wagyu beef to everybody. Or climate delegates were accused of hypocrisy after 400 private jets arrive for the climate summit. Right. The very people that are saying we should stop flying. Right. As I, lo- as I pointed out, I love the accused part as if it were s- still being sussed out. Obviously, they did it. So they're hypocrites. There's no there's no accused of being hypocrites. They are hypocrites. These delegates are hypocrites for not practicing what they preach. If it was truly as dire as they stress, they would go out of their way to not use exactly what they tell us to stop using. It's pretty damn simple. Just like they all got caught breaking the COVID restrictions like 14 times over each individually and kept going, I'm so sorry, and they did it again. Thomas Massey points out, leave it to elitist John Kerry to keep underdeveloped countries from developing. His plan? Bribe poor countries not to use fossil fuels so richer countries can release more CO2, if you don't think that's the case. And and assuage, assuage, interesting, I thought that said something else. Assuage. Make, oh, that's right. Make less intense. I do know that word. Uh, the, the consciousness of the, uh, the conscience, the consciences of the well-off with his carbon credits. Basically saying, you stop so we can do more. Now, one of the points that, that Dane made in the, in the interview, the point that he made, which again, many people who were listening, who were very quick to jump to judgment, to push away, oh, shill. Not that it's necessarily the exact argument of carbon they're making, but rather that it's what he argued is about the change of carbon in the atmosphere in a period of time. So if it changes rapid, that's what's causing that's he argues. And the point is that that's what they're doing with what they're claiming is the solution. I don't even know how you can overlap that with some kind of secret secondary. You know what I mean? Like if, if their solution is the problem, I don't see how those things can be lined with each other. But you tell me either way, question everything. The point here is it's obvious that we're being lied to in a lot of different ways, climate change being one of the many. Not that we're not hurting the planet because it's obvious that we are, but that they're politicizing this use to manipulate you for obvious reasons that they don't care about in regard to you know sustainability and the environment. These are games they're playing, in my opinion. Dr. Eli David points out, scientists in 1988, due to rising sea levels, Maldives will be completely underwater in 30 years. Right there. The Canberra Times. Happy to inform you that Maldives is doing well and no part of it's underwater. Now, that's not because some giant action was taken. They were just wrong. But let's trust them today, though. Here's another example. Let me see if this is loud enough. Yeah. This is just another another expert speaking on it. Let's listen to what he has to say. The climate right now is no warmer than it's been many times throughout history. Our, our baseline is now the lowest the carbon dioxide has been in 600 million years. As far as uh, temperature change, the IPCC's first report of 1992 showed that the medieval warm period was warmer than the present. Well, this didn't fit the narrative. So by the time the 1996 report came out, it was a, a completely contrived graph called the Hockey's. We've all seen so that. what they did was they got rid of the medieval warm period and the Little Ice Age. And so when the, instead of the graph doing this, they flattened it out. And then they added instrumental record on the end that looks like it's going way up. The point is, is that the people that are calling them out on it are not getting the, the media coverage. Exactly. 
you know, because look, at this point, there's billions of dollars going into the whole climate change narrative. The climate right now is no just an easy observable point. I mean, you know, I point out plenty of people like like uh, you know, Tony Heller, James Corbett, people that have been pointing out these facts for a long time that they're being people are being deceived. Toby Young points out a new poll of top-level climate scientists has found that 41% don't believe that climate change is going to cause significant harm, exploding the myth of a 99% consent scientific consensus on net zero political agenda. Just like everyone agrees that Cuba should be blockaded. No, they don't. That's the narrative we're being spun. Bill Gates praises BlackRock and tells businesses that climate taxes are on the way. Climate taxes. Like, these are all fake news stories when spoken by us. What you do? Well, BlackRock and Larry in particular are a great example of private sector leadership. Well, I'm going to get through this reasonably quickly, but the point, all this will be included for you guys to check out. I'll be posting all of this when I get done, all the links. The point is, guys, they're all telling you what's coming if you just want to listen to what they're telling you. Klaus Schwab, I do want to play this one, actually. This is the one they were referencing earlier. What we have to do, what we have, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. That's literally what he's saying. That they're going to change everything. And that's up to them, an unelected group of technocrats. Like why, why this is not concerning to people blows my mind. This is obviously, you can call it a coup, you can call it whatever you want. These people are making decisions for the world when it's not their place to do so. And he's been open about this forever. This is, he, the point is, when you talk about the Great Reset or what they're proposing, they call you a conspiracy theorist, but he is literally saying what we're pointing at. Of course. If you look at all the challenges, we can speak about a multi-crisis, an economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. And this will take some time. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. Politically, the driving forces for this political transformation, of course, is the transition into a multipolar world, which has a tendency to make our world much more fragmented. And for these reasons, events like this one, the G20, and so on, are the very important connectors to avoid a too great segmentation. Hmm. He's telling you exactly what he's doing. Bernie's tweets points out, Queensland Senator demands to know why the World Economic Forum penetration of cabinets around the world hasn't triggered a national security alert? It's a great question. It's clear to see the coordination of nations as they roll out the Great Reset, right? Think about that. And openly pointing out how an individual has placed people into individual cabinets around the world, and that's not a problem? Obviously. It is. Belgium, government is under pressure to cancel that membership with the World Economic Forum, so there is pushback happening. 
This member of parliament stated the government is, quote, legitimizing and subsidizing a worldwide lobby organization that's openly pursuing a well-defined ideological agenda, namely that of globalism. You know what? That's, and that's undeniable. Here's the dossier, which is Jordan Saxtell's substack. Now, this is simply pointing out, you can listen to the audio for yourself. The, 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 in the vent 201, the theme of Davos that year was globalization 4.0, shaping a global architecture in the age of the fourth industrial revolution. That was, and the point is that event 201 was hatched at Davos 2019. And the point is that in the entire focus of that, there was an overarching point of globalization 4.0. For around COVID, the point was all of this, as we were telling you, is overlapped. There is an agenda playing out right now, whether that's never let a good crisis go to waste or something more nefarious. This is at the same discussion in Indonesia 2022, where Klaus was just speaking. Here is Budi Gundai Sudakin, Indonesian health minister. Let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by the WHO. So let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO if you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. My God. So no natural immunity, none of that, right? Or tested properly, so PCR test? Whether he knows it or not, maybe, maybe he's just blind to the agenda. The point is, this is what's being proposed. Still, right now, vaccine passports, guys. Still. If we thought this was over, we're not paying attention. But we need, but we have have some wins. We need to capitalize on it, as Bernie tweets point. Bernie's tweets points out. Leaders have just signed a declaration with states that va- which states that vaccine passports will be adopted to facilitate all international travel. This means any vaccination the WHO determines you should have, flu, for example, which is already in discussion, changing your rights and freedoms forever or rather no longer respecting your inherent rights. Silence from the media. Scotland now, and the point is all this is transitioning. So the climate change argument and all this is driving you into vaccine passports, which are a precursor for digital ID, which is a precursor for CBDCs or possibly the other way around. I mean, however they roll this out, they're overlapped is the point. So Scotland is already starting their digital ID, their digital identity program. Scottish government's pilot digital identity platform in early 2023. Why? Well, because of COVID or because of climate change or whatever the narrative is in that moment, guys. It's because this has always been the plan. World Bank Group, under the guise of inclusivity and equality, just like everything else, apparently they're now saying that every baby born will be issued with a digital ID because that's not fair to not give it to them, right? The same thing's being applied to homeless people, people that can't get because they need everybody. So this is going to be a thing that they give. It's going to be a benefit. I've argued that it's going to happen in the crossover where there's going to be some kind of banking issue. And they're going to say, don't worry, we got you covered, but we're going to give it to you in digital currency. But you have to have a digital ID to get it. Most people, even when they see it, will do it because they have to. DNA and biometrics stored for profit by corporations and governments that will trade. You will trade freedom for convenience. They are banking on it. Here is an example of the digital ID wallet issued by the government. Hello everyone, meet Lucy, student in psychology, and me, her digital ID wallet issued by the government to offer a wide range of identity services. In fact, I'm a handy way of proving and protecting her identity both online and face-to-face. Don't forget, Elon Musk talked about making Twitter like WeChat, which is essentially what you're being shown right here. 
let's have a closer look at what I can do. I can help governments to better communicate with citizens. Right now, I'm reminding Lucy of the appointment she needs to schedule for her mandatory vaccination. Time to go to her exam. Lucy is a bit stressed out. I'm here to make it easy for her to prove she is the right candidate with a quick and secure connection between her phone and the examiners. Exam passed successfully. I allow Lucy to certify her healthcare coverage entitlement. She's able to decide whether to authorize the doctor to access her medical records or not ensuring her control over her personal data. Lucy needs one more thing before being all set for her trip to Australia, renting a car. I help her share her driver's license credentials online so that she doesn't have to wait hours in a queue to collect the car when she gets to Brisbane. The rental company benefits from secure and... Okay, you get the point. All that sounds nice and fuzzy, except the weird casual mention of mandatory vaccination. Yeah, don't miss that. <laughs> but how about the reality that all of this at any moment could be turned off by the government should they want to? No one seems to want to care about that point, right? Because how dare you suggest we would ever do such a thing except history and precedent and your own actions over and over and over. But no, never. Of course not. Well, guess what? <laughs> in, Can in Brazil, just like in Canada, even before that, it's already being done. Just like happened in Canada, Brazilians protesting election results have now had their bank accounts frozen because it got normalized already in a Western country. So why not? Just imagine the level of power the globalists gain once a digital ID is in place and the CBDC. If they're going to do this right now in front of you, why wouldn't they abuse the same power that has more control? I mean, come on. It's just right there. Here is the discussion from the meeting 2020 from the World Economic Forum from token assets to token economy. So. The whole damn shebang, guys. Everything. Now, I understand this. They're talking about the tokenization of everything. It's what it literally says. They're talking about by enabling a new way of, to digitalize transactions, distribution, ledger, technology allows to, allows to fundamentally change how value is digitally issued, transferred, and stored. Like, is this what we want? Is it better for you? Or is this just what the, they want the direction to go in since so there's more control involved here? Accordingly, Tokenization refers to the concept of creating a singular identifier on a distributed ledger in terms of a token that may represent anything from financial assets, goods to other valuable resources, which is completely at the choke point control of the government or those involved with what's happening here. As it says, tokenization is the process of exchanging sensitive data for non-sensitive data called tokens that can be used in a database or internal system without bringing it into scope. The point being, you're not holding the data. You're holding the token representation of that data. Think like a dollar bill that is supposed to represent gold in the reserve, which it doesn't anymore. Thanks, Nixon. The point is that that's how that works. And when they have control of the real asset and you just hold the paper that's supposed to represent that asset, do you really hold the asset? Something to consider in the digital world we're building, right? Well, guess what? Atomize becomes the first regulated digital asset issuer in Russia back in February 4th, 2022. You know, the same month that the invasion started. Interesting. Well, all of this, I argue, the digital ID begins the opportunity for them to issue central bank digital currencies, not to be confused with cryptocurrencies. This is what this is digital currency. And are pretending like it's always been there, but it's not. And I'll play a clip from Michael Yeadon. 
Bernie's tweets in lockstep USA in lockstep now 2023 to 2024. We'll see the introduction of central bank digital currencies. They're all they're all doing it. Every one of them. CBDCs won't set you free either. They will absolutely tie you to the whims of state forever. I mean, they're literally promoting that. What you buy, where you go, and how you live, all determined by your good behavior. And here he is talking about exactly this, rolling these things out in the EU to roll out its digital ID wallet combo by 2024. It's odd how they're all timed exactly the same, isn't it? Just in time for their CBDCs. It will enable EU residents to store digital data, including national ID, driver's license. Remember the remember the digital ID or the um, ID 2020 program and all these things that we pushed back on? This is what it was. They were trying things then. Standard inspect to be published in 2023. EU says it can have a digital ID wallet by 24, regardless of challenges, right? Because who cares what you think, but democracy, right? Canada, your bank is preparing to roll out CBDCs. Those vaccine passports didn't set you free. They forced you down a road of no return, forever linked to good behavior, even how you will spend your own money, which is what they're talking about. Don't forget that they've told you this before. To finish this up, I've got a few things I want to play, and then we'll wrap we'll wrap it up before four hours, hopefully. But this is an interesting clip talking about, and these are people that are inside the system. They're telling you, like, there's no reason people would, would want this because this will give them control over your life. I mean, it's pretty interesting how we don't want to listen. We will literally tell you what the truth is or tell you at least what they perceive the truth to be when it challenges the supposedly, you know, the, the gospel you're supposed to listen to. I'm pretty skeptical. I keep asking anybody, anybody at the Fed or outside of the Fed to explain to me what problem this is solving. A digital, I can send anybody in this room $5 with Venmo right now. Right? No, seriously. So what is it that a CBDC could do that Venmo can't do? Good point. And all I get is a bunch of hand-waving. I get a bunch, well, maybe it's better for financial inclusion. Maybe it's better for cross-border remittances. Maybe. Is there any evidence that it is? Nope. And, you know, they say, well, what about China? China's doing it. Well, I can see why China would do it. If they want to monitor every one of your transactions. Same reason your government's doing it, guys. And he just doesn't want to connect the dots, I would argue. You could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. If you want to impose negative interest rates, you could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. And if you want to directly tax customer accounts, you could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. So I get why China would be interested. Why would the American people be for that? Hard not to hear that, right? I mean, the, the, really, it absorbed the point. So we have the thing, like the access they're talking about already. All they're going to give you with the same thing is more control over your life and pretending like it's changing everything. Well, it is for them over your life. Here's what he, the same the post he says, but Nico uh, Jilch, this is the president of the Federal Reserve in Minneapolis telling the truth about central bank digital currencies. They are useless, useless unless you want to control, surveil and tax the hell out of your people like China wants to in Europe, apparently. Well, that's again, that's what it is for. Like, we are we really that resistant to the idea that the U.S. government is exactly the same thing? Yes, because of years of propaganda. Here's Ben Swan. Hey, cool. Government's trying to make my life easier with digital currency, right? And he just shows you this tunnel vision for convenience. And on the peripheral, it's banks have full control over every penny you own, vulnerable to state and foreign actors, social credit scores, every transaction is documented, frozen funds, centralization, zero autonomy. Like, it's just so obvious how it's a willful, it's a choice. 
willful ignorance to not acknowledge all of the risks, the overwhelmingly obvious, obviously more risk than there is convenience or benefit. Hands down. Now, here's Michael Eden pointing this out, who's really kind of just explore is developing, you know, but you can see his involvement along like the conspiracy realm and which is really the reality of what's going on today. And he's he's understanding that when he calls these people evil, essentially, you know, or points out that he's he's considering whether viruses are real at all. Like for someone in his position to come out and say that it just shows you the courage it takes to, to, to take a step like that. And I'm saying he knows for sure but that he's open to it. And you know what people call him conspiracy theorists for it, but he's just realizing, like I am, what isn't up for debate at this point? What aren't they lying about? Here he is talking about CBDCs. Currencies, but I only learned recently there's a critical difference at the moment because people always say to me, oh, Mike, we've been using digital money for 20 or 30 years. What are you going on about? When you pay for something using a debit card or a credit card, the merchant's computer only asks, is this cardholder good for the money? They don't send all of the uh, inventory of what you're buying up to a central computer and ask for authorization. They simply ask, has he got $90 or £100 uh, uh, for the transaction? If so, then they, w- they will sell it to you. Um, and in fact, the uh, all of the separate clearing banks, so NatWest, Lloyd's, Santander, and so on, uh, they don't do the transaction in real time. They do a reconciliation. I think it's an overnight run, and they reconcile net debts to each other and to the central banks who act as the uh, guarantor of last resort. So it actually would be very, very, very difficult to control your individual purchases in your individual location in aggregate with other transactions you've made, say, that month or that year with current technology. It may not actually be possible at all. Which is the point. They want that possibility. Whereas if you get given a new CBDC card, from that west, it would look probably identical. Maybe there were a little logo in the corner. I don't know. You know, some Nazi symbol or something. Um, and <laughs> it'll look point. and feel the same. You beep to the merchant. But this time, they're not just checking whether you're good for the, for the new credits or whatever they're called. They're checking, has Mike Eden already had three sausages this week? Is right. he too far from his home? Uh, has he said bad things about the government? And it can be done in real time, which is why 5G and its bandwidth and speed is required. Uh-huh. Completely different. This guy sees it, man. Like this guy, I mean, it's it, this. remember, he used to work for Pfizer. Like, I mean, to, to draw in the the parallel, like, oh, he's not, he's not dr- jumping to conclusions here. Like, it's obvious the 5G network is necessary for the smart city, central bank. It's, it's, it, he understands Good for him for having the courage to step into this conversation. I mean, it just immense respect. So when people say we've been using digital currency, what's the big deal? The the two systems are chalk and cheese, alien versus human. So one way or another, I urge you, if you're offered one, and maybe it will be offered initially as a, you know, a cool thing to have, I I would say don't don't apply for it. If you get sent one, cut it up. Just, you know, uh, do not let, let these things take root in your lives. Right. Uh, and then I right like he said cut it up right if they try to issue you something the hard part is that people need money I get it right but it, this is a da- this is selling your soul and I don't mean that literally but I mean this is that the analogy same thing right just totally breaking from the show but somebody's talking about the somebody sent me a paper I'm, I, I I don't I wouldn't have seen it I don't think if I read it there so connect with somebody in the chat and have somebody get uh Angela in the chat, Orwell, send it to her and have her get it to me and I'll take a look at it. 
uh, that to finish off your guys, this is something that uh, Whitney's played. She actually has a great t-shirt with this guy. And this is funny, but this is exact. This is him. And this was, this was, I think was 2021. I believe yeah, it's a year ago. And he is literally, this is from the bank for international settlements. He is telling you exactly the reality as it happens, but it's still conspiracy theory. Our analysis on CBDC, in particular for the use of general to the general use, uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know. For example, who is using a one hundred dollar bill today? We don't know who is using a one thousand peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important, and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, she, to what cash is. So, simple. There's more to it than more points of difference, but it's simple, right? Central bank currents, central banks will have control over what and how you use it if they want to. It's simple. That's not a benefit. That is a detriment. And Seek for Truth points out in their annual meeting on 2022 in Washington, D.C., International Monetary Fund, it says, private, and we pointed this out before, I just want to include it again. As she literally says, you know, it's like we can't remember our own history. Privacy and anonymity are tricky issues, but it's worth it to sacrifice for a little privacy and security. Nope, nope, nope. That makes you a hypocrite, right? You, if you, you deserve none if you're willing to sacrifice one for the other. That's the point, like Benjamin Franklin said. And finally, like, I don't even understand how this makes sense. And it's just kind of interesting inclusion. Like, they're already beginning these, these UBI programs. But weirdly, in this case, it's more than just this case, but I just find this one an interesting, an odd one. San Francisco launches guaranteed income program for transgender residents. But just them, though. Right? Because that makes sense. Because poverty is unique to the transgender community, right? I mean, how do you even justify something like this? Like, and you're going to laugh at, so they pulled, I'll show you as we read through it to finish this off in the last thing, the city of San Francisco this week launched a guaranteed income program aimed at the transgender community, maybe to incentivize more people to become transgender. I mean, that's what will happen. First of all, the guaranteed income for transgender people or gift pilot program will provide 55 eligible residents with $1,200 a month for 18 months, as well as healthcare and financial coaching. <laughs> it's strange. By giving low-income trans people, but just the trans people, the resources to cover the expenses they deem most immediate, which is whatever they want, apparently, maybe surgery, like I'm not even making this up, and important given each person's unique situation, and important, we are implementing a truly community-centered intervention to combat poverty. But was it, again, you're not combating poverty, you're combating, combating specifically poverty in a transgender community. It's not the same thing. Why the focus? Well, you, there's a lot of arguments for this, but it's obviously a focus that overlaps with all these agendas. There's no other way to understand this. Trans people experience poverty, they claim, at a much higher rate than other Californians, the proponents of the program said. But guess what? The GIFT program cited a 2015 study, or rather, a survey, 
not a study, a survey, which is why could be wildly manipulated. At the very least, could they're almost guaranteed to never be accurate. A survey. I mean, it's a local thing, but they're talking about a U.S. trans survey, a country survey. So I hardly doubt it's unique to Los Angeles. Anyway, the point is a 2015 study, which found at that time that 33% of transgender Californians were living in poverty. The state's overall poverty rate now is just over 12%, according to the 2020 census. Right. So we're going to pretend that after COVID, after Ukraine, after Putin and all of his problems that are causing, obviously not Putin, you know, the food and energy crisis and all that, sort of blame it on him, that none of that's changed this, that still the transgender community just happens to be more in poverty than anybody else. I don't believe that. But this is just choosing to look all the way back there to find the study that makes the point they want to make to be able to make this make sense. That's my opinion. Either way, why wouldn't you just help people in poverty? Because this is a political thing. And it's also about UBI, very clearly. GIFT is one of several guaranteed income pilot programs already going on in San Francisco. It's already being rolled out. Now ask yourself this, how long until they suddenly go, well, now it's going to be digital currency. People that are already dependent on this and go, well, now you need a digital ID to get it. Most of them probably already have it if they're invested in this kind of stuff. But the bottom line is, it's an easy shift to see how this could instantly turn into that. And maybe it already is, for all we know. The Abundant Birth Project, launched in 2020, is providing pregnant Black and Pacific Islander residents, for just them, with $1,000 a month from their first trimester to two years postpartum. Well, isn't it interesting that you're funding a an effort that seems to inherently go the other direction. Well, I mean, everything about this doesn't make sense, but it seems like an experiment, doesn't it? Why pregnant black Pacific Islanders and residents? And like, why not just pregnant people? Why is it racial? Like, aren't you, isn't that an insult? Aren't you implying that they need more help? Like it's, these kind of programs are inherently racist in and of themselves. The guaranteed income pilots for artists launched in 2021 is providing 190 artists with $1,000 a month for 18 months. This is just keep getting people interested in the idea of the government funding your life so it can be easily removed if they need to. The city plans to launch two pilot programs in 2023 aimed at youth groups, including those transitioning out of the foster care system. Oh, great. So now we're going to overlap with the you know pipeline to show human trafficking foster care system, which is routinely discussed even by their own studies, how it is an overwhelming percentage of kids in the trafficking industry that come directly from foster care. But who cares? Because it's all about keeping everybody tapped into the same system. To end, just to be clear, it's already happening. The SWIFT system sets out blueprint for central bank digital currency network. You know, the same SWIFT network and people that laughed at cryptocurrency because it's a fad and it's fake and it's ridiculous and now the same thing. But not cryptocurrency, my point. It's just digital direction. So if these are viable and you're going to change everything for it, that was always the plan. And you knew that when cryptocurrency came out and a valid reason to think some of it, maybe all of it, was just used to get you into this path. I still don't believe it's all of it based on the fact that many of them don't make sense and you have individual projects in the sphere that are anonymous and so on. But maybe so. It's certainly something to consider. Maybe all of it was designed to drive you in this direction. The bottom line is it's already being built around you. The digital panopticon is already there. If you can't see it, then you probably won't be able to stop it. The point is that we need to do something about this. We need to stand up. And as Eden said, don't accept it. Don't let them coerce you or trick you into it. We've gotten a lot of great wins from all of this. 
people have woken up and they are marching as gareth ike pointed out they are standing up but we can't falter stay the course we can't fall back into the next paradigm shifting partisan argument i mean that that's what this is they're trying to wrap you back in with some new grandiose argument or news news you know the vanilla isis thing i guarantee will be played at some point i mean all these things there's a lot of cards left to be played just be skeptical don't believe in a savior don't think one person's going to save free speech fight for all of it and question all of them because none of them have shown themselves to be trustworthy <laughs> it's as simple as that but you guys see through it and you inspire me every single day to keep doing what i'm doing to push through all of it push through all the negativity and all the problems and all the attacks and and keep fighting because it's important you guys make me you you empower me every day. I mean, I just, there's so much that I would love to, all the letters and the comments and the, and the information and the support. It's, it's overwhelming in a good way. I wish you guys could feel that. I mean, I hope you do from the community itself. But truly, truly, I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.